From the Dice Abide Live studios, it's Late Night War Games with your hosts, Adam and John. Hey, hey, thank you, Jenny, and hello, everyone. I'm Adam, but you know me as the Dice Abide. I'm on John. I'm John. I'm very certain of this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also known as Wise Kensai. And tonight, we're joined by half of the dynamic duo, a.k.a. Clint. The 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 semi-dynamic mono? Hey, he's very dynamic. Okay. Now yeah. I just sound like a disease. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, welcome, welcome back. Long time no see. I think it's been three weeks. Oh, three whole weeks. How'd oh, you guys geez. manage without me? We didn't. We didn't. It have was. A show. It was hard. It's very hard. <laughs> it was. It was fine. <laughs> well, welcome back, uh, Clint. What are you? What are you drinking? I saw something. You were actually oh. drinking something. Yeah, yeah. You know, just oh, just vanilla Coke. Is that a or... vanilla? It looks. It looks. <laughs> Shockingly like an unvanilla Coke. So it's a regular Coke, which I said vanilla as in like vanilla Nomads. combined, yeah. right? Like that normal Coke. Sounds, Goodness that, gracious. That sounds like, like a good non-explanation. You're, you're befouling your mouth with a mediocre pedestrian Coca-Cola. Oh, it's down. true. It's true. A few years ago, they had a cinnamon Coke that was actually quite delightful during December, but uh, just that crazy. one year. It wasn't like the Pepsi well. that was like red hot cinnamon, which sounds disgusting. It was like cinnamon cinnamon, and you'd mix it with vanilla, and it'd be a cinnamon roll Coke. Anyways, it's it's a whole thing. Sure. This man knows his, his Coca-Cola. All right, John, what do you have tonight? Uh, I am having some water because uh, it's been a day. And also, I didn't have time to get out of the chair and get something to drink because I'm busy prepping. Well, I'll have one for you then. I am enjoying. So I'm all out of beer in the house, which means I'm going to enjoy this uh, Cava de Oro Anejo tequila that I got for my birthday. So... Yay. That's fun. Later, how it is momentarily is my first first taste. Excellent. I have recently acquired an arch nemesis, and it's a giant agave plant on my walk, and it scratched me up a bunch. Oh, shit. You could you could chop it down and make tequila. That's 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 what I that's the plan. It's a good plan. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Bottoms up. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to have some as you come over. It's it's really sweet. Um, It's funny you mentioned cinnamon because I definitely get like cinnamon and honey. It's really. Ooh. OK, yeah, you'll have some of that next time you come over, John. Great. Sounds good. Until then, why don't you give us some news? Let's do it. It's going to be so much news. You don't even know. All right. The newsiest. So, um, this month I am uh, shamelessly leveraging Bremen Academy to get data. <laughs> so, um, there's a Operation Hungry Wal- Walrus, um, which is a, a, a upcoming narrative campaign that's in the new year. And so you can go check out, um, there's a link in the Bremen Academy article to take you to the narrative campaign. Um, it's run by some lovely folks. They asked us to write some missions for it. And so this was my 
um, my submission. So all I'm asking you to do, because I know December is pretty packed for everybody, there's a lot of holiday things going on, uh, vacations, whatnot, just play a game, try the mission out uh, if you can, or just read the mission, tell me what you think. That's it, right? So tell me why I'm wrong on the internet. Um, hopefully you have enough time to do that. And of course, you'll always be, entered, as always, you'll be entered in to win fabulous prizes. So those are those are fun things. Um, other cool things that you can do before the end of the year is you can paint up any model of zero G or total terrain and send it in, right? The usual rules apply. And this is for the Roman Academy painting contest. I have a surprise for folks today, um, which is that uh, the, the lovely uh, Gerhard Seaman has painted up uh, a uh, Santa Yanyan for everybody um, to, to win. So literally, uh, I will randomly select somebody to win this fantastic model uh, painted by uh, Gerhard, and I, had, well, I guess he will mail it to you uh, from, uh, from, from Europe. Um, yeah, so you can, you can be the proud owner of this thing. Uh, you don't have to you know, win anything. I'll literally roll the wheel of names, spin the wheel of names, and whoever, um, whoever comes up will we'll get this thing, right? So... Um, yeah, right. Everybody's everybody's welcome to to give it a go. So if you're if you're thinking about starting a model and you want to throw something together before the end of the year, this is uh, on the on the prize table for you, so to speak. So Neat. a huge thank you to Gerhard for painting this up. Uh, I, he you know uh, generously offered his time and obviously his expertise uh, in doing so. Um, so we're very thankful to him for for doing this and being so generous with um, his time and talent. So thank you again, uh, and yeah. Super awesome. So that's that's the thing that's happening. Um, of course, we've got other bits of news. Um, there is a new fact out, which we'll talk about today. We're going to get fact by Clint. That's the part of the episode. Um, there's the DP9 winter sale is happening. So if you want to pick up some heavy gears or uh, the Jovian Wars or any of their other products, you can do that thing. Um, and then we've got some Punga news as well. Well, that's right. So uh, Punga has put out their Lizardmen staff. Um, which looked fantastic. I particularly like the uh, the slam up there. It looks like he's arguing the call, like yelling at yelling at the ref. Um, but overall, yeah, really, again, nice looking stuff as usual from them. And then we've got uh, some more Unit Nine things. Yeah, Exciting. so Unit Nine had a funny November. They pulled all of their releases last month. Uh, so if you had those downloaded, then cool, you have them. Uh, if not, you you won't get them. Uh, I think that they got a, a C&D from Project Red mm. because they looked uh, basically just like the characters from um, the cyberpunk anime. Sure. So it wasn't Project Red, maybe it was Netflix. Um, but this time they're totally not ripping off an entirely different IP and have released a bunch of Blade Runner looking uh, miniatures that look fantastic and actually these definitely are not uh as we'll say as clearly influenced as the the previous round um <laughs> these all these all look really fantastic um but definitely have that kind of like cool detective look for a few of them yep and they have um, future triangles yeah future triangles and everything the cops that are in there look really rad too i like them quite a bit and then the uh definitely not a spinner from blade runner as the vehicle is sweet right well, I think yeah, that's light, it for the news. Light on the news today. Yeah. I think that means it's time to talk about our toys. It's <laughs>
what is this? That's me. Uh, I, I mentioned last. Oh, oh, well, okay. That's, that's a model I painted. That's my spirit go. animal. Um, that's Avicenna. And I really wanted to like switch over to speed paint. So I've been messing around with those. Okay. Specifically the army painter brand. Uh, yeah, I think they're called speed paints yeah, specifically. Yeah, those, those are the ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so I started with the blue there is that speed paint on the skirt on the skirt and shoes. Yeah. yeah and it turned good. out great. Yeah. It did. And then I tried a bunch of the other colors that my buddy let me borrow and I didn't really like any of them. So everything else is the paint that I had. Excellent. Um, <laughs> but the blue, the blue is nice. The blue is nice. Blue's fantastic. Yeah. It looks really good. I'm excited to, uh, to see more of your stuff done up in speed paint. Yep. I've really been enjoying my my foray into speed paints. Yeah. The only the only issue I ran into is that um, I want I intended to do a lot of white over the red in mm. my JSA, mm. and their red uh, has an incredibly high tint value as reds tend to. Um, and with the reactivation, trying to put white over red just does not work at all. Mm. Um, but I have found that using a little bit of aerosol, specifically aerosol varnish, uh, I use the Army Painter um, Satin. Mm. Just a quick light coat of that seals it enough to let me paint over it without any issue. Cool. But yeah, I'm liking them. I think like Eric just started messing with them. Uh, so, I, I uh, sold him all of my old GW uh, contrast paint in anticipation oh. for the Vallejo stuff that you were telling me about the other day. Yeah, I am so. looking forward to it. Once the Vallejo comes, I don't know how many of my speed paints, but mm-hmm. get on the back of the rack. Sounds good. Well, you've been doing up to some stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is me uh, in progress converting my count size bolts for my uh, my Forco. Uh, bolts are obviously not able to be got anymore. Um, and looking around, I noticed that the Yadu, their helmets kind of resemble the um, the brawler helmets quite a bit. So I kind of like the idea of them being just basically more advanced brawlers uh, to represent the bolts. So I've been using those with some weapon swaps and then I'm green stuffing over their hexagon grid pants to give them like cargo pants tucked into the boots. Mm-hmm. To sort of remove the aliffiness. Yeah, exactly. And I also want to give them um, maybe probably Pan Oceana backpacks. Sure. Just yeah. to kind of push them, just a bit further. them or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I like Yadu as proxies for a lot of things. When I was starting yeah. various factions and didn't have models, I would often grab them. They feel generic enough for a lot of things. Well, they are literally faceless. So. Yeah, right. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, they're, they're rad sculpts. I don't play Aleph, but having like the big like you know, sci-fi dome mask along with a coat and mm-hmm. some boots. It's like it's a fairly, yeah, it's a fairly generic uh, setup. Yeah, they make me sad that I got rid of my SS because that was like the thing that I was excited to play. But it's all right. They're so freaking. They good. don't have plasma, so. Yeah, right. Boo. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Garbage tier. Garbage tier, exactly. Uh-huh. And you. So yeah, I've also infantry on bases. Yeah. So uh, in my my quest to have all the Terra Nova, but not necessarily have all the Terra Nova, um. I wanted a bit of uh, 
a, a bit of new coal, and I figured the best way for me to do it was to use them as allies for my uh, my South, which oh, I play sure. as ESE. And ESE gets an allied faction anyhow. So this means that I get access to Grell's infantry. So I picked up two of the new packs of uh, Grell, and you can see you make quite a bit out of those two packs. Yeah. Um, I also have not pictured here four of the mortar teams. So still quite a bit. It's like over 100 points worth of models, technically. Yeah, for... I mean, that's one of the nice things about infantry and heavy gear when you buy the models. Yeah, you get it. Very cost efficient. Um, and you, the, the you certainly don't have to obey the uh, put X number of models on the base thing either, right? If you want to do the thing. Yeah, no, I went with, uh, with five for the squad and two for the teams instead of, I think it's normally six for the squad and three for the teams. Mm -hmm. Um. It just kind of fit better on the base. So went with that. Very nice. And then, yeah, so Ooh, here we are. Got some hover bikes there. Yeah, the hover bikes. I just I just got the one pack of hover bikes. I'm not going to run tons of hover bikes. But why? I still, They're so good. I, I mean, six is still a good amount. Six is a lot, yeah. You'll be fine with six. Yeah, and I, I think that solos are still the way to go for them. So I put them yeah, on the yeah. I'm still I'm still there myself. Although you know there there is a possibility sometimes. I mean, I could always just end up buying another pack and making a couple, couple squads. Yeah, like that's not a very that's not a very expensive addition. They paint uh, up real fast too, and they're fun to paint. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm enjoying painting the small scale. Um, and then I built a pair of chasseur. So, you know, with uh, mixing the south gears with the new coal gears, it's trying to like. Kind of read what out of new coal that I can really use to take advantage of in South. Yeah, like and, what what do you actually gain capability with? Yeah, exactly. And Shasur, like there's the Shasur Mortier, which eight points gets me light field mortar, but there's also like the uh, you have a the, ton the of the field fair. mortars in South. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like tons of guided mortars already, right? So it's like, ooh, yeah, I don't need mortars. one of those. And then there's there's the flamethrower armed Shasur, which yeah, isn't I, bad. Yeah. Um, but you have because plenty of fire in South too, right? Yeah, exactly. But the the thing that I thought was really interesting is there's not a ton of shotguns in South. Mm. And a movement nine shotgun is pretty rad on a Shazor. That's fair. That's fair. Right. So if I'm going to use them, that seems like a pretty a pretty okay way to leverage. Yeah. I mean, you could always take Iguana MPs, right? Those are very good too. Yeah, they, they are also very good. Um, but... It was more. I kind of just ended up with them because I bought the GP squad, mm. which mm -hmm. came with two of those and two of the Mark IIs. And I was like, okay, if I have Tisha or how how will yeah, I? How would you get them out? Yeah. Makes and sense. then so speaking of Mark IIs, so Mark IIs are probably my favorite model in all of New Cole. Really? Um, I, aesthetically, aesthetically. No, I, I know, uh, I know. That's why I'm, yeah. I'm so oh, surprised. I absolutely love them. They've got like those big jet turbine lower legs. And yeah, they're the, very uh, cool for sure. Yeah, the double jet packs on the back. And then here I made two more of those shotguns. Mm -hmm. Uh, because now we're talking movement nine agile piloting three up shotguns is rad. Frag cannons then, for you, grognards out there. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. And then uh two of the light particle accelerators, because that's a really neat tool yeah. to, to reach out and turn somebody off with. Particle accelerators are real good. Use them. So yeah, and that's a, that's obviously a very unique profile mm -hmm. in any army. So yeah, been been building some new coals. I've been building stuff too. So I finally finished my Jujack box. He's been nice. languishing. 
because it turns out that you can take the Spitfire Jujack with a Sujan in, uh, in Manila. <laughs> so I was, awesome. I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about that. I should give up. I, I was gonna, <laughs> after that horrible tournament, you'll read about it soon. <laughs> um, I've got uh, the Shang Jesus squad. Oh, right? Jesus. So there's, there's no reason that I'm building all of the Yujing. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh, man. I was going to say, like, Jujak are probably, honestly, one of my favorite heavy infantry models in Infinity right now. Yeah. They just look they just look like beefcakes with all that, like, extra padded mm-hmm. uh, padding around the armor. is just super cool. And then and they're like, oh, I'm going to back that up with some, yeah, some, um, oh, my God, not Suzanne, uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um, and then awesome. I put together some characters. So I put together Eudorus uh, from the Beyond pack. And then uh, Jeff over at Shiv Games finally got a Hundun HRL in stock because I've been like trying to find them forever and I finally got one. That guy has killed me too many times. So I need to go murder some people with that. And then uh, Bishi because, uh, I mean, yeah. So the, the Hundun, I didn't like the, the Hundun HRL at first. Yeah. But then it just it, like at one point in time it just kind of clicked like it's a Noctifer with more desirable range bands, and it's like affordable at twenty seven points. Yeah, it also it has X visor, which is pretty relevant. Oh god, it does have X visor. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, but now I really like them. Except now I know that the only way I'm going to see them. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you oh, won't oh. see them until it's too late. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> um, and then I put together uh, my Forco Uberfall. Oh, right on! I forgot about those. Yeah, they've been they've been chilling in my to build pile forever, but I feel like this is a, a pretty rad Forco Uberfall. I mean, like none of these are Corvus Belly models, but uh, anybody who complains, uh, I can just pull out the actual ones, and it's fine. Yeah, so this is from Human Interface. Mm-hmm. It's the the orphans, or the uh, the assassins with the cool geometric helmets. Those yep. models are so bad. I completely forgot that I got you those. Yep. Um, and then uh, and- Big Girl is the yeah. who's the Chimera equivalent. Frank says the game is actually good. So Frank, you'll have to you'll have to show me that and prove that to me because I don't know if I believe you. Um, <laughs> but, but the models but- in their Kickstarter is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And they've they've just like the I have no uh, no criticisms about like the model quality. They're fantastic. Uh, I mean, like the casting, sure, but like the the sculpts are all S tier, so good. Yeah, the sculpt. I've, I've noticed that their their older pewters. I don't know if their current ones are. Their older ones were a little bit high in the lead content, mm. which makes them soft. Um, but yeah, so maybe one of these days we'll give it a try. Yeah, I'm I'm down <laughs> to try it. I mean, the models are so good, uh, and I I, uh, I foisted off Dan's 3D printer onto Eric, so there we go. Now uh, now maybe I will actually get to print something <laughs> by proxy. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, right on. It looks like yeah, we all got some some busy hobby time, and that's great. Yeah. Uh, but I believe that means it's not time to talk about games. I like to do games. That's what I like to do. So, Clint, heard you play. Heard you played a game. Yeah, Games? I. Uh, we got done with our escalation league here, and uh, I decided to just ump up the ante and just go full throttle. And we're doing four hundred points in December. Nice. 
and uh, I brought an OSS list with Tumor Roots, a Dakini Link, sure. and you know some other stuff. The Maroots, you know, took up two hundred points themselves almost. So it's good times. That's awesome. How did how how did Double Maroots go? <laughs> very very well to the point where. Um, he he kind of left all his long range stuff out to ARO. Oh. And I killed it all. And sure. then I had two tags on two buildings, and he was like, I guess I'll bring a bashy in and put an EM mine on it. And I was like, Cool, I'm un- isolated and immobilized. So he shot me with like a something and I reset out of it and tanked all the saves. And he's he did that like three times on his turn, and I just then it was my turn, and I, my engineer was like, tink, 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 tink. And he was like, I think I'm done. And I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, at it, 400 points, it's hard to leave anything out for ARO. Yeah, it's like, there's too much scary stuff. An extra 100 points to buy things like a second Maru. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what would make this art from this Maru list interesting? I know. Yeah. But we're doing the same thing in um, Tabletop Throwdown. Mm-hmm. And an oh, interesting an interesting thing that happens is, or at least happened in this game, is you could kick in a lot of teeth and mm-hmm. they still have a lot of points left over to do stuff with. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so it'll be interesting. Of... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out over more games. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious what it would be like playing enough games to kind of start figuring out like the rules of the meta. Mm-hmm. Like how does that meta work out, right? Like are you going do you have ARO pieces? Do you like or is it just like max TR bots? Like you're going to take 3 TR bots because those math out to be the most efficient without revealing enough so many points that you're going to be at a handicap, right? Like sure. I wonder I wonder where that where things start to balance differently than they would balance in 300 points. I feel like TR bots die real fast in 400, but yeah, I feel like TR bots are the the two hundred point thing. They're real hard yeah. to get over. Yeah, yeah, two hundred points. True. But what are you gonna leave out at four hundred? Two maroons. Linked missiles. Two, yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe linked missiles. Like a Volkalike linked missile is gross. Well, you start to be able to do those uh, big big cores, right? Your yeah. your heavy infantry cores are oh, no true. longer too expensive. Triple tanko so. missile launcher. That kind of thing. Ooh, there we go. Um, yeah, or the was it the Neurosynetics missile launcher? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Because now you're talking. Yeah, that could. Okay. Yeah, like I said, it would just be interesting to to explore that a bit and see what shakes out. Mm-hmm. It's just fun building lists with that many points. You're just like, I'll take this, this, and this, and I still got like 200 points left. I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Are you sticking to the 15 orders? Yes, so oh. that's hard. <laughs> Depending on faction, most yeah, factions it's fine. Yeah, Ariadna has a hard time. Uh, Ariadna's got stuff that's forty points. It's fine. It's fine. It's it. The some of the tutorials are difficult, but yeah, I mean it's it's fine, but it yeah. does force for certain things. Like Caledonia would be like impossible. I feel like. I think I did the math that like no, Ariadna you just take a million more murs and you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, was it U.S. Ariadna basically only has one build. Yeah, Cal- Caledonia the- would be interesting for sure, but 
I think I think you just take like a massive more and more like dick punching core or right. Harris or whatever. So Yeah, the main reason I didn't want to expand the groups is time yeah. reasons, both on the show and in the shop. Yep. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Even like a twenty model, I don't know. But well, very cool. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. You will. <laughs> Um, John, how about you? Uh, I've played a bunch of games, so I think since the last time we talked, uh, I went to a tournament, uh, did horribly, very demoralizing. Um, uh, I took Steel to the tournament, and you know, I I'm I think how many battle reports behind now? Like eleven. Jeez. Yeah, eleven behind. Oh, um, so I got a lot of the stuff to do, but uh, yeah, so you'll read about it soon. Um, so I decided that like I can't just like let them go out on a bad note like that. So I also <laughs> had a miserable game with um with uh combined um but then I, I ended up getting some games in after that and I, I, I thankfully have, have won them with steel and uh combined. So I sort of reset and I think I'm gonna go into JSA next for a little bit. Uh just to sort of give that a shot and see how that feels in N four. Because I played a little bit at the beginning of N four just for the show. Um, but mm-hmm. I haven't really like dived in and really thought about them and I want to do that. So maybe I'll take them to the upcoming January tournament. I'm not sure. Um, it's either going to be them or maybe like Merovingia or something. Cause I really want to get back to Merovingia as well. Um, I will say one of the things that is sort of came out of this exercise is that I think Tuser is secret steel phalanx tech. I think Tuser is rad. Yeah. I, I'm with you. On so, that. Uh, I'm I'm very happy with uh, Tuesday's performance in the games where I like didn't shit the bed with him, but you know like I coordinated him and left him in, like standing in the middle of an alleyway, I mean, like I'll I'll fix this later, and then like spent the rest of my orders trying to kill a blue wolf. Finally succeeded, and I was like, oh crap, I've got one, I've got Akmon's order left, and Tuesday's just like, you know, thumb in his mouth, like <laughs> being like, it's fine, guys, don't worry, it's all, it's all I mean, good. He's- He's a BS fourteen, MSV one, Mimetism, Fearbuck. Yes. With, with no shock. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a yeah. It's a it's an APDA shock Fearbuck. Yeah, I, the shock isn't particularly relevant. Sure. I mean, there are some targets where it's relevant, like, but most of the time it doesn't matter. Um, the real reason it's good is because I mean, Phoenix Phoenix is sort of like the gold standard for steel shooting at long range. You know. I mean, Atalanta, of course, but Atalanta is so, so uh, high variance with her one wound, right? And she could also roll like double twos or something. Um, so the burst three in a link is really important. Um, Phoenix uh, dishes out Vismods, but can't negate them. So that's that's poop sometimes. Um, also, uh, the range bands drop after 32 and they don't on the Fearbox. They go to zero, which is a big deal. Um, and forcing the right. multiple saves is very, very important, I think, in the current meta. Um, you just you just need to have them like force people to roll saves and then eventually they'll fail one. So um, having having the ability to project power, having the extra BS, having the ability to negate Viz mods, those are all great. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the link options are kind of poop. Right? That's what I was going to ask about. Yeah. Um, what I've been running is Makai Missile, Tuser, and Pandora, um, and that is a lot. But it's been okay so far. I I need to circle back after I've had some time to digest. But uh, I like it. 
but the, again, the links are sad. I, I would consider um, taking the Mackay forward observer dude with the breaker or something like that seems reasonable instead of the missile. But uh, depending on like depending on the the your meta, right? Like if missiles are good in your meta because the tables are more open, then the missile is relevant. Um, mm -hmm. One one thing that actually was really interesting is that uh, I was engaging Luna outside of forty eight, which was relevant. Um, and also, uh, I found out that Makai have BTS six, which makes Luna kind of sad. So anyway, just some just some. Interesting learnings from Steel that are perhaps a little controversial. I thought I'd share and let you guys think yeah. about them. I mean, it was an interesting tournament. The tables were a bit more open yeah. than we're used to, mm -hmm. which I think our takeaway was we need to practice on slightly more open tables sometimes. Sure. Um, yep. Which is fine. Right? Like, we go to somebody else's tournament, we're not in control of what the tables look like. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, no, it was it was a fun tournament. I went as well with, uh, with my JSA. Um, and I I won two and lost one. Uh, the, the the to me the highlights were in my first game I went against uh, Steve King Butt, who is a really damn good player. And when you combine a, a good player with, I don't know if it was good luck for him or bad luck for me, but I just could not kill his Vocalock missile launcher no matter how many uh, HRL shots I took at it and hit. Um, so that combination made it really hard, especially as JSA, to get out of the deployment zone. Um, but my second game was against uh, Eric uh, Zelopnipus, and I got to Shinobi his avatar, or Shinobu his avatar. It's the dream. Right? Like, I'm, I, I can retire from JSA now. <laughs> I, I, I did the thing. Um, yeah, her, her combination of super jump and climbing plus with the plus one inch of movement in uh, this season was just, it was honestly, if it wasn't for that extra inch of movement, I would not have had the movement to get her into base contact. Um, it was it was very relevant. Uh, it, it was, I mean, it was obviously, it's obviously a Hail Mary, um, but it took basically my entire order pool to deliver her in a way that ensured that she got there in one piece, like through overlapping ARO pieces. Um, and then yeah, moved into combat and create the avatar. It was, it was great. I I won that game. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and then uh, and then played highly classified and didn't do as badly as I expected to. So um, yeah, I'm JSA is starting to click. Um, it is really hard to use, but it's it's kind of I mean it makes sense a lot from like a, a almost like over the top anime Japanese theme where it's like it's it's being patient and waiting for the right moment to suddenly go hyper aggressive. Yeah. Um yeah, I I, yeah. I mean I've said before playing limited insertion makes you a better infinity player, playing JSA makes you a better infinity player, playing Blood Bowl makes you a better infinity player, right? Like <laughs> being being challenged in unique ways that force you to think outside of traditional um, tool sets and like think about how to laterally solve problems with tools that may not be the correct one, so to speak, is very important. Mm -hmm. And I think JSA is a, a faction that absolutely forces you to do those kinds of things regularly, right? Because the other yeah. thing is like, everybody has a game where like I, you know, went on a rampage with the Caledonian Volunteer Light Shotgun Chain Rifle. I just like cleared his deployment zone with that, but that's not a normal 
occurrence, right? Sure. But JSA forces you to do like a crazy thing every game because you just have to. Um, yeah. So okay. if you get that kind of repeated repetition of opportunity to do things, then like you'll you'll improve. Hopefully, <laughs> that's the that's the that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crossed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So some some good games. Well, before we uh, get over to our mythic game sponsorship. We've got a bit of media to recommend. I think you and I both were going to recommend the same thing. Yeah. So I think we both, uh, with our spouses, watched and binged. I, well, I don't know. We binged Wednesday, the new um, Adams Family uh, Netflix series uh, starring mm-hmm. Jenna Ortega as the, you know, titular Wednesday. <laughs> um, yeah. It was, I, I liked it a lot. And I, a little bit of context, I came into it. Uh, as not an Adams family enthusiast, right? So there are people that like really are into the Adams family, and I never really got it. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. it's we re- rewatched it after the we watched the '91 movie, like the first color one. Yeah. Um, post the series, right? So you know, my wife is like, "Oh, you have yeah. to watch it if you if you don't get it, we have to watch it because she's like more into it than I am." And I was like, it's... "It's a good movie. It's entertaining, but I it doesn't click." And I think the the fact that there was a much more, I mean, it's a fantasy story, right? Like plausible, perhaps isn't the word to use, but in comparison to <laughs> the original Adam's Family movie, right? Like, yeah, exactly, right. Um, uh, I feel like the through line was a little more plausible. It was it was definitely, um, I don't know, heavy handed and a little like contrived, but it was fine, right? Like it's it's a good entertaining yeah. time if you like the universe, if you like that aesthetic. Uh, I, I think you'll enjoy yourself. I don't know what you what you what your opinion is. So I love the Raul Julia Angelica Houston um Adams family from the nineties. And so I was I was coming I was coming to this uh guarded. And I I enjoyed it. Like once I was able to get over the fact that it wasn't the original Adams family, like nope, this is just a new take on it. Um it was actually pretty enjoyable. I think that there were some really good campy scenes that I appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, overall, overall, I liked it. I wish that there was a little bit more camp. Um, I think that sometimes the jokes were a little bit too, too low key mm. to, to get picked up on. Um, yeah, I could have, I could have, I could have played up the camp just a little bit more, but I mean, there was some also like some you know great lines, like when she asks, thing where where he got this dress and thing you know thing is the hand right and it's like before before thing responds she just goes right five finger discount right like she like total bad campy cheesy pun and i loved it i just wanted a little bit more of that but overall yeah i'm i enjoyed it i came around on it uh yeah i i thought it was great i was very satisfied uh with the amount of entertainment i received in one evening so yeah it was good <laughs> did you binge all in one evening i think we might have split it over two but okay i was like you need to at least two clint you're dying over there well it's Speak just up. just because because john the enjoyment to time ratio was high enough well yeah i mean like time time is such a limited resource these days it's it's true and that's 100 percent how i think as well it's just funny hearing a fellow robot talk is all oh okay beep boop <laughs> <laughs> Oh goodness! I'll yeah, have to check you... it out. 
you guys are definitely in the uncanny valley. <laughs> we try. Uh, <laughs> well, right on. Before we get to our uh, to our our main subject tonight, it is time for our mythic games sponsorship. Ship ship. All right. So uh, every week, <laughs> mythic games provides one of our lucky listeners a ten dollars in credit to uh, moe gamescom All you have to do for your chance to win is say the magic word that Clint came up with before the show. Frequently. Yeah, I was like, there's no way like two two shows in a row you were not prepared, right? Like you definitely were prepared this week. And yeah, was- sure. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> word the word is frequently, by the way. Okay, frequently. There we go. <laughs> um, go ahead and type that into the chat and uh, you'll get your chance. Like we, I think we've been doing like literally the exact same shtick for two years. Uh, that I mean, that's fun. that's how shticks work, right? You got to keep doing that I thing. I mean, you got to frequently do it. That's you know, just repetition. Oh, frequency. Yep. There we go. Uh, how about that <laughs> for some 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 camp? The the problem is is I am like FAQ focused, and I've I've spent hours going over the rules and stuff, and then I forget that this is a thing I'm also supposed to be doing so i'm never no, you're prepared. Really not i prefer yeah. that you don't actually <sighs> <laughs> hashtag winning okay speaking of hashtag winning let's see who won the thing hey it's mmo o'neill congratulations i'll get your information over to uh ruben over at myth the games and thank you so much for listening and of course uh thank you myth the games for sponsoring and thank you to Eminem O'Neill for all of the gift subs over the years. I guess we can say that now, right? Yeah. Wow, that's a that's yeah. a sentence that came out of yeah, my mouth. Years. Omg. <laughs> Gross, right? Okay. It's what you've all been waiting for. Our main feature. So, uh, first up, let's get fact with Clint. Clint, why don't you fact us all? Uh, all all right man i so regret that that's become what this is called (laughs) but you've known that since day one so yes yeah i've literally done that since we originally did it you're like gonna be anything else and it's like nope it's late (laughs) um so yeah we're gonna be talking about faq three point other way around 1.3 um like everyone else and their mom has. But uh, the, the first get fact we did, um, I said stuff that was not correct because five days later, people had talked about it some more. And so now, so now it's more correct, hopefully. Yeah, look, look at that. We, we, we gave it a moment to mature. It's true. Um, but yeah, so I've got, I've got them organized in a, increasing relevance hopefully so we'll just we'll just jump right in i guess um there's this is what i call the non changes these are the ones where they like changed wordings or it's, it's peop- like i read them and i go yes and mm-hmm. um so like during deployment phase is it possible to reposition troopers and stuff Yes. And then if you measure for any reason, they're basically locked down. Um, 
fire teams, you get a measurement for coherency, but once you once you shuffle them around once, they're locked in that position. Um, mines. So what, can we get the, uh, the the full the full text there? Let's. Oh, here I was trying to make it shorter for everybody, but <laughs> all right, full text. <laughs> During your main part of the deployment phase, can you reposition troopers, deployables, etc.? There you Answer. go. Answer, yes. But as soon as you make a roll, check coherency or zone of control, the positions of those troopers, deployer, deployables, etc. are fixed and they cannot be repositioned. Okay, so you basically get, get, get you set up measuring your, measuring your business and then you're done. Mm-hmm. This is just to prevent people from being like, oh, I put a mine here and it's eight inches. And if I put it there, it'd be eight more inches. And if I put the, it's just taking pre-measuring out, I think is what this is trying oh, to I fix. See. Okay. Um, so the second one is do unconscious dead or sepsterized troops leave a combat group? The answer yeah. is yes for dead or sepsterized and no for unconscious. Yeah, this is relevant. Yeah. For people who, for newer players, this is relevant because um, you need to have a spot in the combat group to put something else in. So something needs to like full on die before you can put something in, in a slot. So uh, if you if it's on just unconscious, you have to spend two command tokens: one to take it out of the group, and then one to put the thing you want to put in its place into the group. I see. Right, and and. And like I said, I don't think anyone was really playing differently. I hadn't really thought about substerized troops, but yeah, you know, it's because I don't play combined. Makes yeah. sense. I guess I'd always kind of assumed that they like teleported from your list to my list, roughly. Like, yeah, even though that's in no way backed up by the word of the rules. So good stuff to add, but not you know, groundbreaking. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then the next non-change is how does inspiring leadership interact with lieutenants? It only works when the trooper is the current lieutenant. What? Um, <laughs> right. This is in there because the original phrasing was lieutenant of an army list. Um, oh. So people thought it might have lasted all game even if their lieutenant died question mark i'm not uh -huh. i'm not sure exactly sure but... i don't think anybody was actually playing it that way it was just the people who wanted raw rulings which is fine i'm all sure. i'm all in favor for closing loopholes like that yeah and they did a lot of that this faq it's it's mostly non-changes and minor changes in my little uh mm. vernacular um, what happens when a trooper uses the explode skill and the template affects an allied trooper? The template fizzles and the exploder dies. Hmm. Okay, so that's like Quangshi, Gaki, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Again, this is not in factions I play, so I'm not 100% sure how that was worded, but Seems a good clarification. Yeah. Will be brings up jackpots. Uh, in the past, uh, they would explode and kill the allied trooper. Is some how, how some people were playing it? In N3, yes. Yeah. But I do know in N4 that the template was always canceled. I guess mm -hmm. it's clarifying that the exploder still dies. Yeah, that's what I would be saying too. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, 
And then the first, so there's, there's a couple of topics that they touch on in this FAQ a lot. The first of which being hollow echo, it's -hmm. going to come up again and again. So how do, how does hidden deployment and hollow echo states interact? Uh, you just secretly deploy all three and mark down where all three hollow. Yeah. Put them, are. put three things on the table, take a picture, take them off the table. Yeah. Um, I think that's how people were playing it, but it just recently became a thing, right? With the AR. Yeah. So, and, and everybody is now thinking about hollow echoes because everybody gets a Bashi in submission. So. And again, on that line, do hollow echoes block line of fire? Yes, they're effectively a model. Um, Until they go pop. Good, yeah, it's a good clarification because other marker states do not block line of fire. Yep, makes sense. Uh, da, 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 da. Do tin bots matter on the table? Is my <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, they don't. They're just they're just tokens. They just say, hey, this guy has a tin bot. Um, Honestly, I recommend just putting them on the base with that model if they can fit neatly. I I kind of wish they weren't a thing or they were a thing. Sure. Sure. <laughs> that they it were is... in like N2, right? You like shoot them off the table maybe? I don't can know. Pack them? Maybe. It's been well, so you long. St- you still can, right? If you isolate the trooper that has it, it turns sure. off the yes. tempot. Um, you used to be able to hack them directly and just turn them off, but yeah, that anyways, was old the old days. Um, do so the next question: Do peripherals and disconnected states still activate with their controller? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So this is this is important because it means like if you isolate a um, a uh, like like a Deva with Deva bots, right? Like. He doesn't get to use his one order uh, to move both of them. Right. Together with another question that comes later with isolation. Um, Isolation's another topic they hit on a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Um, But this just means if, if you have a disconnected peripheral and you activate the controller, the peripheral won't uh, do anything. uh, it won't activate at all, so it won't trigger mines. It won't uh, trigger arrows. Yeah, it's just not activated. Mm-hmm. Um, how does tactical awareness interact with the isolated state? Like I said, they mentioned isolated a couple of times. Um, it doesn't. Tack aware models can just generate and use their tack aware order as if they weren't isolated. Yeah, this is just making mm-hmm. it explicit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, loss of lieutenants. Uh, there's a there's a change here where if the lieutenant is not deployed as a model or marker is kind of the only clarification they're making. Yeah. Here, I guess some people um, were like, "Oh, your Guilang lieutenant isn't technically on the table, so you are in loss." Is, is oh. The- I mean, sure. Yeah, fine. Yeah, so it's, like I said, a lot of little changes to make things. These, these more are all great. I mean, the fact consistent. that we're like yeah. being like whatever is like, is. Like, yeah. it, it's unexciting. It's just telling people like, like yeah. come on. 
<laughs> no, this, this is really good. I mean, I, th I think one yeah. of the, so um, Andy, who's one of our locals, is always frustrated about how inconsistent or unclear the rules are because he comes from a very, um, you know, for, for lack of a better term, and I, I don't mean this in a disparaging way, uh, like sort of a rules lawyery gaming experience, right? Just the types of games he played before getting into Infinity. So whenever, um, he's, he's new to the game, and so as he's learning, he always wants to go and like look it up in the rule book and be like, oh, this is this is what it says, and try to like build the model in his head for like how the rules interact. And like opening it up is like, what is, what is this? I don't understand any of these things. It doesn't make any sense. So like having these things explicitly called out will help people like that uh, in the game in general, right? So you know, even though it is a little pedantic for all of us experienced sure. veterans, right? Like I think this is this is absolutely net positive, and our our apparent uh, you know, blaséness about it should not be taken as a as a negative. No, I, I definitely agree. These are uh, uh, holes they needed to patch, and yeah. they've patched them. Um, there's there's a few other times when the word trooper gets replaced with model mm -hmm. and mm. and stuff like that, and it's just just good because what counts as a trooper used to matter for rules problems in the past so they're closing up holes it's great uh speaking of line of fire uh they replaced the third bullet so that the silhouette blocks line of fire instead of the model the wording before was uh, models block line of fire and now oh. it's the silhouette of the model blocks line of fire um again I think that's how most people were playing it. Yep. But, mm -hmm. uh, like John said, it's good to be clear. Yep. Mm -hmm. And similarly on Line of Fire, the first exception changes one of the lines from 180 degree arc to Line of Fire arc. Yeah, this is just for the 360 account. visor troops. Mm -hmm. da -da -da. Um they have a bullet about the area of effect of template weapons and those stay on the table until the resolution step. Um, if you walk through an area that had a template on it, you are also templated is what that means. Yeah. I mean, this generally never happens ever. Like you will, I mean, not the situation, but the act of physically leaving the template on the right. table. Like you'll never do this in an in-person game. Um, but it's good to have it explained in a mechanics way that there's no ambiguity, but in practice, you'll never actually do this. Right. Cause even putting it on the table temporarily almost never happens. You just kind of like hold it over and be like, yep, that hits that guy. Yep. But, um, yep. It's, it's I mean, in effect. You don't even do it, right? Set. You're just like that. These guys are clearly in chain rifle formation. I hit them all. <laughs> um, Template weapons into close combat. Uh, there is a... They changed it from... Da, 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 da. They changed it so it now says during the activation phase of the current order. So if, if you place a template on a model in close combat, it effectively splashes onto anyone in that close combat, right? Mm -hmm. That only counts as they were in that close combat during the activation phase. Wait, you can template into close combat? I thought that wasn't allowed. Well, no. So, 
so what this is closing up is um, if let's say I'm the arrow guy and I put a template on you yep. and you walk into base to base with me ah, or, or, or a buddy or anything like sure. that, right? That nice. doesn't cancel the template because during the activation phase of the order, which is like the first, first thing of an order. I see. You weren't in base to base. Got so it, that's got all it, this is it, closing it. up. Got it, got it. So this just this just allows you to template things moving into close combat explicitly. Yes. Got yes. it. Okay. Yeah. And again, um, how it always worked, how you always played, but now it's written down, which is awesome. Uh, and Obi, yes, we will get to arrow templates later because I thought that was a bigger change. Sure. Um, I almost left this with that, so I see why you mentioned it. Uh, they have an example of camouflage state and arrowing through a repeater, effectively being like, yeah, you can delay against camoed hackers. It's fine. Um, they just added an example into the book with a camoed guy. Um, Eclipse ammo works against MSV. Uh, da, 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 doesn't allow MSV to res reduce the poor visibility zone. Right. So, so if um, if you got hit by intuitive attack through Eclipse, or if a template goes through Eclipse by tagging someone else who's not in Eclipse, uh, it doesn't let MSV suddenly ignore the minus six to shoot back. Yeah. Or or it's or impose a negative three, or or get rid of half of it. So, for example, if you're right. shooting through normal smoke with MSV1, you'd ordinarily be on neg 6, right, plus whatever other modifiers. But you have that by applying, you know, your cancellation with MSV1. So you you, you, you basically go down to neg 3 from the poor visibility zone. Um, so, you know, I guess there were some people assuming that you might be able to do the same with an Eclipse-generated poor visibility zone, which is not, not the case because it's got um, mm. reflective reflective or whatever it's called um, right this was in this was in um the forums this correction mm. uh shortly after faq 1.2 came down the internet the people around the world were like msv will then because it changed it to a poor visibility yeah a poor visibility zone yeah. um which already interacts with msv in a weird way so they're just closing Closing that hole in an FAQ. I, th I think I was the person that posted that on the rules forum. <laughs> I was like, you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's like, great. Just, yeah. No, it's good. It says you, okay, you're going to change that zone. It means something different now. Yeah. So, yeah, they've done this in a couple of spots with Eclipse, with white noise, and with poor visibility zones. They just tightened up the language to account for MSVs. We're good. Uh, there's <laughs> there's a couple of places where they changed the modifiers text, and it's a huge block of text with like a paragraph and then three bullet points. That's replacing a small bit of text and four bullet points, and it's just tightening up the language on the mods stuff and saying that it applies to face to face um how how some mods 
attached to specific skills work. Again, this was all on the forums, and mm. they're just putting it in an FAQ. All good. Uh, cool. Remote presence works in null state. I mean, yeah, it has to. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. literally has to, or it does nothing. Yeah. Um, but it was an auto automatic skill, and those don't work in null state. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. Um, alert the requirements for alert, which is the you got shot and now you could turn around thing, because you didn't ARO. Um, they just cleaned up the language from trooper cannot have been activated, which is just kind of strange English to the trooper has not been activated. Yeah. But uh, that was like, that's a, to me, that felt like a big difference because cannot have been activated sound, at least the way I always played it and heard it played was that, um, you weren't granted an have, arrow. You weren't granted the opportunity to arrow. Yeah. Sure, sure. I I could see that. That's true. Um, so you can choose to not ARO to alert now is what this yeah. change is. Yeah, that's a good call out. That's good, honestly. Yeah. That, that's like, how I've been playing it. You fail that dodge. You're just standing there like, cool, I guess I'll get shot in the bat next. Yeah, right. Well, I guess you could still guts, right? Yeah. Uh, if you're the one being shot and you got hit, yes. Yes, but if you got if the, if the guy whiffed on you, then you don't get to guts, and you just sort of have to stand there and take it again. Right. Yeah. Uh, BS attack requirements. Um, uh, the line of fire must be drawn from the point where the attack is performed to the position of the target when it is attacked. This is just like I almost don't even want to explain it because it's more confusing than just ignoring it. But this is, I think, it's preventing people from being like behind a wall, popping out to see a guy and popping back into the wall and then measuring from behind the wall yeah. because they had line, line of fire during the oh. order and then they choose a spot during resolution. This is just making sure you have line of fire. Well, it's it's, it's just to prevent the thing you where you're like, you know, at at a range band boundary, right? So if you if you wanted to say leverage, um, leverage a, a thirty two inch um, going to thirty three, right? And you and you but you're behind the wall at thirty three, right? Mm -hmm. Then you can no longer shoot there, so you can't have shot at that position. It just it just means that like you you can't like curve bullets around walls. It's fine. Like, I don't think anybody mm -hmm. actually plays this way, uh, but it's now explicit, which again is good. Uh, Obi, this is the BS attack requirements. So this, this doesn't say anything about declaration. It just says performing and stuff. We're going to, we're going to get to the, the other stuff. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, we're almost done with the non changes. So look out the requirements from lookout changed from, opponent's trooper marker to enemy model or marker so takes the word opponents out takes the word trooper out and replaces it with model yep. and stuff uh da, 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 da. there's a visibility condition change again this is just clarifying yeah fixing uh, the white, white noise, noise. yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
All right. Then we're on to minor changes. Ooh. <laughs> um, this mm -hmm. stuff is the, the 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 slightly less small than the previous stuff. <laughs> changes. True. Um. Uh, so this is the first one is great. Everyone has been playing it this way, but they needed to say it. So during deployment phase, must you check zone of control when a trooper uses mine layer or deploying decoys or hollow echoes? Yes, and measurement is private. I think we all agree that's yeah. how we exp we want it to work, right? We do not want a mine layer to suddenly point out that they exist just because they're a mine layer. Yeah. This is especially <laughs> relevant for uh for stuff like Procman mine layers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I very much appreciate this because I just got in the habit of telling people like that's obviously a mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I mean gen generally you, you still can, right? Like if there's a if there's a MIM zero camo marker next to a MIM three camo marker and one is prone and it's the MIM zero one, then you're pretty <laughs> sure what's going on. Sure. But, but yeah, this, this this is good. Okay. Uh what happens if a trooper loses and gains points of wound structure or is states inflicted and canceled simultaneously? Uh so the positive happens first and then the negative. There's an explicit order to this now, which is good. It's more clear how it works. Yeah. Um, it has some strange implications, but the the main thing is if you're if you're immobilized by a glue gun and an engineer comes over to fix you and gets hit with the glue gun and you get hit with the glue gun, you could both get fixed and then still remain glued. Um mm -hmm. Gotcha. The, you don't preemptively fix the glue. Gotcha. So I mean, so there's a few things here. Like one is the 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 crit and sujan situation, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is that if your sujan is in NWI, and crit is the fire team leader, and they're like wandering around doing something, and uh, you shoot them, you shoot, specifically shoot the sujan. Crit can, while moving, be in base to base with the sujan and declare engineer skill. So what this means is even even if you're even if even if you take like a multi wound hit like a DA hit let's say. So mm -hmm. you're an NWI uh but let's say you fail both saves but you pass the um the armor of the engineering whip roll, right? Mm -hmm. So the Sujan goes from uh NWI into one wound, right? Because you've you've successfully applied the positive effect of the engineer now you're mm -hmm. taking wounds from you know whatever DA weapon hits you, um, like let's say a contender. Um, so you fail both of those saves, uh, but because of the Sujan's remote presence, you go into unconscious level two, right? Which uh, is now unconscious, but unconscious then flips over to NWI because of NWI's rules. So you effectively can take multi-hit, uh, multi-wound ammo hits um, and still be up effectively. So you could even like take a T2 hit uh, if you do this silliness, uh, which is, which is great for the Sujan. Um, and I think there's like, there's some other weird interactions with Protheon, right? Mm -hmm. So, so oh. you're looking at my notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my notes are literally Tim and his Sujan will be happy. John and his Caliban will be sad. So, um, why? Because what are the positive effects of Protheon? You gain wounds. 
you gain wounds, but there's a cap. Yeah, you're capped at two. Oh, sure. And so, mm-hmm. so pre- yeah, previously, right, 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 right. So I can't, I can't do something crazy like survive a missile by like eating a multi wound model. Right. If you're already at the, let's say your Caliban has gained two wounds already, so you have three total wounds. Yeah. If you take a T two hit and lose two wounds, but you're eating two wounds up. Yeah. The way I, I would have played both that, wounds. Yeah. Right. So because the positive happens first and you're already capped, you gain no wounds Got and then it. you lose the wounds. Okay, that's not that that doesn't change the initial act of getting the additional wounds, right? No. So if I roll it like so one of the reasons why Protheon is so good is I can like roll in on a shotgun wielder, eat a template, and then if I if I uh if I eat enough wounds from them, I'm still up, right? That mm-hmm. doesn't change with this. But what this is saying is if I'm already all powered up, um, yeah. Right. Then I could get punked by something, um, which is fine. Protheon is super OP anyway, so. Right. Like sure. Seems seems <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the fact that I can turn you into a fine red red mist with a decharge and like inhale it and then suddenly become a three wound model is still gross. I know, right? Or or even if you're not capped, but you have a couple of buddies in in close combat with a multi wound guy, yeah. you're still hitting. Any anytime you hit that cap first, it's a net negative. Yeah. yeah. From how I used to play it, anyways. Makes sense. Um, double shot. Does double shot work in ARO? The answer is no. I don't know why double shot exists anymore. Yeah. That was it's... like the difference between it and a burst two weapon. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think. Like, we I mean, were all confused when double shot came out originally, right? We're like, why not just get rid of it, and make it a burst two weapon, and it's the same thing. Maybe during charges. So, so I think I think what happened. I think the reason is, um, didn't double shot come out in N three with like the dynamo coming out? Wasn't that part of it? I mean, it's older than N four, but that's all I know. So, N four got rid of the additional instance of weapons. And it's changed all instances of multiple weapons to um, to plus burst, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the reason why double double shot existed was to grant plus one burst to disposables without giving more ammo. That would have been the same if they had just done plus one burst. I agree, but in the past they could have done things like giving you double Panzerfaust. Which would have given you four shots. Oh, I see. So double shot was an N three. I believe that's something like that. Regardless, in re- regardless of like whether or not my my sure my adult soup of you know N two through N four rules it makes sense. Like double shot is stupid, and we should just get rid of it and make it all plus one burst. Like there doesn't seem to be a reason why you should retain it. It adds confusion. Um, it's good that they've clarified it, but there's already a rule that encapsulates the effect, so just nuke it and have less text. Yeah, and what's funny is it's only on mind dispensers, right? So just make mind yeah. dispensers burst two, even, yeah. and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Like, make the line in the weapon table burst two, and then you don't have to do anything. Okay. Oh. Um, 
So we're, we're hitting back on a hollow echo thing here. When are a uh, fire team's composition bonuses checked? Uh, it's private information until it matters mm. during the resolution of an order in which they are used. Um, so hollow mass guys don't out themselves by being yeah. in a fire team. Right. So if you, down to. if you hollow mask, oh. um, really like, quickly. Yes. Yeah. The, the reason why double shot exists is because double shot explicitly uses the second disposable trait. I mean, so does burst. So does burst. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Okay. Take walking that back. That's fine. Yeah, but um, yeah, this this is literally like I, your your notes are I think are pretty pretty clear. This doesn't you know give you the opportunity to be like ah I can't you know I have to tell you. It's just so you can lie, uh, and and uh, make the lying legal when you have hidden information about you know one of these one of these Jambazan is actually a Havza. Right. If you're playing JSA and you have five Domaru and a I don't know Diokai is that a proper link? Like, and someone asks you what the bonuses are. Just tell them. Just, just tell them. Just, just tell them what the bonuses are. There's no hollow mask. You keep, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even if they ask and you have hollow mask units, you could lie and be like, it's a pure. Li I don't know. I heard people being like, now I won't tell people what the bonuses are. I'm like, it's a table. Just, I don't know. It's weird. It's illegal okay. for you to ask me that. Yeah. Um, so really quickly, and Clint, maybe you can tell me why I'm wrong a little bit later. I'm going back and I reread Disposable. Uh-huh. Dis so I, I don't know if, if this is something that we've been consistently playing wrong or if there's rules interaction that I cannot find. But Disposable, all it, all it says is that... Um, one is expended every time you declare its use, regardless. It doesn't say anything about the burst of the attack used in Disposable. Page three of the fact. How does the Disposable trait interact with burst values higher than one? Oh, there you go. So it's in the fact. Okay. Mm -hmm. Never mind. So yeah. Okay. I was trying. I was really hoping. You just got fact. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's make that a sound bite. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> make Jay do it. <laughs> <laughs> you've got the you've got the the audio the audio isolated right yeah right perfect oh, oh goodness okay um, i tried i was reaching yeah no it's 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 good that's one of my biggest problems with uh uh the rules is that you kind of have to be on it between you know these faqs the original yeah, text seriously and forums like I mean, I mean, we should all take a moment to thank Clint for this effort, right? Like you, this is a lot of work to do this. Um, and, you know, as a relatively new parent, right? Like I don't, I, I don't have the time to do this now. Um, and unfortunately I have now become the thing that I used to get really annoyed at James for doing, which is like, Hey Clint, what's the ruling on this? <laughs> right, right. But like, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful uh, thing that you've done for the community um and, and collating all this and and uh sharing it so thank you yeah it it justifies my obsession with it that would have happened anyway so 
Yeah, it's a win-win. That's, that's the ticket. We, we enable you. Yes, is what you're saying. Yeah, just just give me more of that FAQ. Um, <laughs> uh, back to fire teams. If yep. a trooper with frenzy in a fire team, sorry, if a trooper with frenzy is in a fire team and causes damage to an enemy, do they become impetuous in the states phase after leaving the fire team? The answer is no. They have to cause damage while they are not a member of the fire team. Um, frenzy is a skill that you check at the states phase if that trooper has caused a wound and if they have they become impetuous before it was unclear whether the fire team cancellation of frenzy um, erased the memory of that wound basically mm-hmm. um, but the answer is yes the answer is yes any anything you do in Vegas, I mean, in a fire team, yeah. stays in that fire team. I mean, this is this is this is definitely like people being like, "Don't worry, man, it's all right." You, 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 it's it's a good thing that you blew that guy's head off. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, <laughs> everything's okay. Don't worry. You're one of the good guys. I think it also just like it helps prevent an additional state to track. I mean, sort of. I think it actually yes. adds state to track. But I, this is now we're in how your brain works, so I mean it's fine. Sure. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, it's 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 more likely to come up less now. Mm-hmm. Right. If they're yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um. That's the one I just read. Can a controller? So this one was interesting to me. Can a controller be a part of a fire team or coordinated order? If its peripheral is isolated, disconnected, dead, etc. No. Just no. This sucks. This is this is different than how I've seen it played for years. Um yeah, for years. So I wouldn't have expected it this way. Yeah. The second you deploy a controller with a peripheral, it cannot be part of a fire team. Its hands are dirty. Uh, can't be part of a coordinated order. I. It's too I'm... busy. It's too busy mourning the loss of its robot friend. <laughs> That's what it but is. I mean, so like thinking about like the 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 flip side of things, is it there basically to prevent people from like walking their just purposely walking their peripheral out of range so that the next activation they can go into a coordinated order or that, walking. That's a thing. Right? Or walking um, the person into a mine for the yeah, sake of also also a thing. Um, I mean, they sort of prevent this by having the FTO profile anyway. But these, I mean, I think this this matters specifically for things like uh, linkable clockmakers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and this is this has big implications for for like things like biotech for panic room anywhere you have to like move stuff around. Um, I mean, I guess it's it's clear it makes sense Mm -hmm. and also in light of the new sort of um somewhat confusing but very flexible and interesting uh like profile options specifically what i'm talking about um is zoe and pywell and uh, scylla and her cartabris devabot um so things like that where you can either buy um, Zoe and Pywell as a controller and a peripheral, or you can mm-hmm. buy Zoe and Pywell as like two order generating full on troopers, uh, both of which, well, I guess Pywell can be in a Lincoln now, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so can the Devabot in Scylla's case, right? So by enforcing this particular ruling, um, they're incentivizing you to take those profile choices if you if you want to be in a fire team with that unit, and you can just sort of have the peripheral be a cheap order generator, which is nice. Um, but this does this does um, change how a lot of people are playing the game, um, and uh, it it just like removes a tool, which is kind of annoying, but fine. I mean, like this is this is not like a game breaking thing. This is a minor um, muscle memory sort of hiccup thing for some people, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's something you did, you know, every game. No, <laughs> even no, every third game. Not. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was always really nice to you know, especially in like a quadrant control game. You're like, oh, I guess my Zon bot is dead. I'll coordinate into this quadrant now with this like you know clockmaker hooray. Doesn't really yeah, do anything, makes, but it makes the pal bots of the world more of like always a liability, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So, it's the it's the easy choice. It's like the easy answer. So it's good for you know learning the game i feel yeah but I, I i do feel like it wouldn't have been too hard to be like dead <laughs> yes right. isolator disconnected no <laughs> right sure because they have a chance of popping back in but yeah. it's no in any case that's it's fine i just I mean they surprised. made a ruling i disagree with it i don't like it but hey i mean it's 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 clear cut so i think mm-hmm. it's good for that reason um, can a fire team's burst support bonus be combined with other burst mods and bonuses, for example, with re- enhanced reaction in ARO? Answer is yes. Um, it's a good clarification because there was discussion around this exact stuff on the forum. So, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's roughly on par as uh, as powerful as assisted fire was, anyways. I don't think it's changing the game very much. Yeah, this is something I was really excited about for a hot minute. And then it was like, well, assisted fire is active in both players' turns. Um, so it, it's like, is this worth the order expenditure it takes to really like maximize? You know, I can spend one order at the beginning of the game on assisted fire and never need to spend another order on it again. Where if you want to juggle assisted fire and enhanced reaction you're spending two orders a turn and like, is that order difference getting you much? Well, I mean, yes and no. Right. So I, I think this is, uh, in most cases kind of a, whatever, but in some cases can be quite oppressive. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, um, anything that hits like a truck, right. So cyclone Führerbach is now significantly, uh, well, not significantly, but it's it's a burst three is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I mean, part of the reason why TR bots are so good is not because they're hitting you with an HMG, but because they're rolling so many dice and they can crit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now you're, I mean, you're just getting the extra. And of course, right? You know, we we know that the math roughly works out that an additional burst is roughly plus three, and that sort of is the enhanced reaction versus assisted fire thing. So. Statistically, it's similar uh, until you get into situations where you're generating multiple saves. So things like mm-hmm. a Unijon Plasma Sniper in a Link uh, is 
pretty scary now, I think, in Aero, especially against, like, Ariadna doesn't like that at all. Um, and then, of course, any, like, you know, things with Furibox, things with Missiles, right? So I think this is uh, something to, I mean, like a, like a Drew's Clipper, right? First three in Aero is pretty rude. So um, the the biggest the biggest thing I see here is for bots that already have marksmanship, right? Uh, the Takimoto bots that are linkable, Stemplerzons in Tunguska, for example. Sure. They can now have marksmanship and burst three. That's that's a big deal. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm particularly scared of that though, because it's so easy to outrange. But yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I personally assisted fire hundred percent of the time yeah. over, over enhanced reaction, mm. like unidrawn plasma sniper. No, like it's the plus three hit it, hitting, hitting on 14 versus 11s. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, Obi was talking about, um, where if you have marksmanship, maybe it was Frank, if you have marksmanship, then, then I have no reason to hug cover if I'm not in good range. I you do. Well you up. still get the armor bonus. That's sure, very relevant, like, especially against the Red Fury bots that Obi's talking about, because that's like plus three armor. That's a big deal. But if I, can, if I can, but like, am I going to hug cover if it means um, I'm, I don't have a higher chance of winning the face-to-face -face role, but I could move up and get in it my It depends part. on what I am. If I'm Hector, no. If yeah. I'm a line infantry, yes. I don't know. I think the, the option to move up into your plus three like there, I, I won't engage you, right? It's kind of, it's kind, it's kind of, it's kind of like a weird, a weird. Like, I, I guess if uh, you know, if the relevant corner is the correct distance, then maybe sure. But if that feels like an edge case to me, as opposed sure. to like, yeah, anything else. But hopefully, it'll be fun because I, it's, it's options. It's not, mm -hmm. it's not bad to have this work yeah i'm, I'm excited to try it with with the clipper mm -hmm. speaking of bursts uh full burst is required except for optional bonuses for example fire team oh um i don't know why it used to be full burst was not required and that was fine but um the answer is for classifieds and for protheon I know why you would reduce bursts. I don't know why they insist you use full burst is what I'm saying. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Mm. I gotcha. I gotcha. I think but it just fine. reduces, I think it reduces gamey mechanics. Sure. You're like, like if you're telling a soldier, be like fire less bullets at the person firing at you, because I, I have this secret mission that might work if that guy's just unconscious and not dead. Like, I care less about that, more about disposable things. Sure. 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 That doesn't mean there's no more. Uh, I'm going to fire one Panzerfaust from this guy instead of both at this Liberto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no more conserving ammunition on... on that's uh, fair. That's, yeah, that's, that's probably probably okay. Yeah. Um, okay, then Sixth Sense is the last of my mo minor changes. And by the way, inside these groupings, it's chronological from the fact. It's not in order within those groupings. Because hmm. uh, ain't nobody got time for that. I was like, come um, on. Why did you do me like that? Uh, sixth Sense, third effect. Uh, uh, again, lining up the language with the change to zero visibility zones, accounting for 
white noise and uh, uh, eclipse hitting MSV units. The sixth effect also changed. This one's where the relevant the relevant changes. So the sixth effect was stealth doesn't work against sixth sense. They have moved that from inside the effects of sixth sense out to a box outside of sixth sense. And the reason this is relevant is because sixth sense has the requirement of being the target of an attack. Um, so that bullet would never oh. trigger technically mm. uh, if they were just walking past you. Um, everyone was playing it that way because in stealth, it said, you know, sixth sense doesn't count. What this is what this is doing to me is it makes it clear that the minus three to dodge um, applies when you're just dodging someone walking past you because mm. you can't see them. Even if you have sixth sense, mm. you have okay. not been the target of an attack, so you don't get to ignore the mods. You have to I use see. the mods. So so Taiga are weaker. Mildly, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, of course, mildly, but yeah, okay. Right. Because yeah. I, I I, I've been rolling on full 16 this entire time, but that is not legal, according to this. Right. So, like, if I'm in smoke with a taiga and you're wandering by, I do get to ignore your stealth, so I do get a dodge, right? Mm -hmm. But I dodge on a 13. Right. Okay. Um. So, this came up in a game. Uh, I, I wasn't sure, so I figure while we're talking about minus three to dodge... Uh, mines are an attack on you, so you you do get to ignore the minus three from a mine when you're dodging with six cents. They, I don't think so. I don't think they are. Um, I don't think they tr pulling up six cents right now to see the exact wording. <laughs> uh, the user is the target of an attack. I don't think mines are count as an attack. I, okay. I think mines you still apply the minus to. I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, no, it came up in a game. I I didn't fight it too hard, but sure. Uh, maybe somewhere out there in chat land has a better better knowledge. But on to moderate changes. So we're about two thirds of the through the way through the changes. Most of them were very mild changes. Um, now we're getting to what I consider moderate. Uh, what happens to the special lieutenant order if the order enters the isolated state? It's gone. It just goes away. <laughs> no one could spend it. Um, this They had an FAQ on this already previously. Oh where they said the other thing. And so they've changed it. They've changed it, which is fine. I just don't know why, because we already heard... Why did you wreck on it? Yeah. yeah. We already heard that Tackleware could yeah. use their order. Yeah, I don't see Lieutenant Order being in a different realm. Like, it's a very similar sure. thing in my mind. They've just added a different exception, which is annoying, but I mean, it's clear. But it's also annoying that they make more things to remember. Um, right. 
Okay, so so I guess to be super explicit, let's say you have a Daoying lieutenant hacker, and um, I isolate it during your active turn. Your Moang cannot use any NCO orders, even though they're still they ex they, I haven't used them yet, right? They they go they explicitly go away in the text. It says yeah they're gone. So there's nothing there even to use. I think that might be why is to have an explanation for why NCO couldn't use it and be like, well, they disappeared into the ether. Right. Um, that's kind of the only like justification for it. I yeah, can see. But, but, but this also means that your lieutenant can't even use those orders. It's just sad. Right. Okay. And then the other, the other flip side of the coin is if I isolate that Moang, and you have lieutenant orders on the table, and the lieutenant is otherwise fine, the Moang cannot use the uh, NCO orders at all. Right. So I guess oh. I guess if I isolate a tag, and I haven't used the TAC-Aware, I can still use the TAC-Aware? Mm -hmm. You can still use TAC-Aware. They covered that earlier. Yeah, yeah. But no, but the timing is important, right? So oh, right, right, right. If it's my, so if, if worst case scenario, right, I'm the avatar, I'm wandering around. I still have my Takaware order. You isolate me in arrow. Um, I may spend my Takaware to reset. Yeah. That's big. That's a, that's huge, actually. Right? Yeah. So so that I mean, because you know, usually um my recommendation to people is just like spend the Takaware just so you don't forget it, right? Or 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 explicitly earmark it for um, for retreating the tag. Now you want to earmark the tag where on the tag in case you get isolated. Mm -hmm. That's I mean that's as far as tagware goes. That's how I believe people were playing it, anyways. I my interpretation was that uh, the order pool. You are now in your own special order pool. Orders may not cross the magical boundary between order pools, so you're just sad. Mm -hmm. But now apparently it's fine. So this is this is a big deal. So uh, minor change to strategy gives you a little bit of safety net, which I think is good because getting stuff isolated really sucks. Um, yeah, so, like I used to I used to burn tackleware first just so I didn't forget it. Yeah, right. But now you want to keep it around, and give, especially if there's EM on the table. Yeah. Okay. Have a last order instead of your first order. That's kind of the minor difference there. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, we already covered NCO isolated. Yep. Cannot use the lieutenant order. Motorcycle. So they've brought back the ITS thirteen uh, style cover for bikes, where you, um, if you're impetuous, you can choose to not be impetuous and get cover. The important thing about this that I think a lot of people are missing is not that it works like ITS thirteen. It's that this is replacing entirely the bullet point that said bikes could not get partial cover. Ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the only reason a bike can't get partial cover now is if it was impetuous. Mm -hmm. and so if you have them in a fire team, they can get cover if if um if you choose to not if you, be impetuous. Right. Yeah. And that's now explicit. You can say this bike is not impetuous. Right. Um, and this prevents the, what is there, like one non-impetuous bike from missing out on this. Yeah. Yeah. The, 
Oh sure, yeah. Now, now, now the poor one twelve Doctor Fireax can can uh, be in cover with his Fireax and smoke launcher. <laughs> Mimetism in cover, right? So they all got mimetism in army now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they all they all have mimetism that way. Yeah, that is not part too, of the motorcycle. So. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, last of my moderate changes are is the fire team order rules annex uh, replacement. Um, the the text is changed to. Uh, if only the fire team leader declares and performs such a skill and the other fire team members declare and perform an idol. So for hollow mask or stealth, the way it worked before was you declare with the fire team and everyone declares it. But if you're not the leader, for example, if you declare shoot or anything, that's not a movement skill. Um, the leader performs it and everyone else performs an idol. This would break stealth and hollow mask on every unit because they technically declared shoot. Oh, but then, but then at resolution, it became an idol. Right. But now, but now stealth and hollow mask are fine. Right. Because they declare and perform an idol. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is how people were playing it, but now it's explicit. Um, yeah. All right. Now on to the, uh, spicy meatballs, uh, big changes. Um, how are jump and climb movement measured? Uh, I'm just going to read the full text here. When measuring jump or climb movement, you can measure from any point of the trooper's silhouette at the start of the movement, but you must measure to the base's outer edge and underside at the end of the movement. The trooper can vault over obstacles, parapets, etc., that are equal to or lower than the height of their silhouette as normal. Um, no lie, I almost had this in moderate changes. I, I personally don't see it making a huge difference. Uh, your this adds almost three inches of movement to the uh, to the ball track. Right, but the the bigger units that are getting more movement also have bigger bases, so they kind of need that to get on the roof. Yeah. That's so fair. that's I'm fair. Not... Otherwise, you're only getting about fifteen millimeters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is just this is definitely a change. It definitely helps. Uh, just jump and climb in general, and that in turn helps super jump and climbing plus. Um, I've seen some things on discord of people trying to use the new vaulting text to like clip through buildings, like the corners. Um, And I do not think that's supported any more than I think walking around corners and squeezing interact in a similar way. Um, it seems pretty clear to me. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know where that clipping through corners thing is coming from. But um, I mean, even the uh, the diagram of the artwork shows them going up and over, mm-hmm. right? So, 
Can you jump higher, straight up and down, Space Monkey? Yes, because uh, your movement, you can measure from the top of your silhouette and get basically an extra half of your silhouette because you got to spend the movement coming back down. Um, but yeah, you will get some extra height from that. No, you'll get a full silhouette because you still had to come back down before. One of the uh, one of the funny things I figured out was that it means that you, uh, if, especially if it's less movement to go up than it is to go down. Mm-hmm. If you're jumping on top of a roof, yeah. Yeah, so a building that is exactly six inches tall, a bull track will be able to get up on top to on top of, uh, with their regular super jump movement, and make room for the fifty-five millimeter base, but they will not be able to get down from it without climbing. Is it? I did the math. It's like you, you can. It's. Uh, I mean, they can. They can just combine both movement skills, right? Movement yeah, they have, to, they have to full jump down. Yeah. But like that's one of those weird. Where the movement isn't um, symmetrical, right? Situations that I'm sure is going to come up and make somebody frustrated and hot. <laughs> um, I think it will come up less often than. than I was. You'd think. I, I probably have like four buildings that fall within that within that range. I was surprised how many. It's like. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I did the math. It was like. It basically like the magic numbers between it was somewhere between like five point eight inches and six point fifteen inches, give or take. I have to double check my numbers. I wrote them down when we when we first looked into all this. Um, and yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I measured my building as I was like, oh, well, so that one, this one, and this one. Great. Don't get the bull track near those. Um, it's just it's just a little bit goofy, and it is because you can measure from the top of your base to the bottom of your base but not from the bottom of your base to the top of your base is is where that comes from yeah i think they were just really trying to avoid uh you know what i i can't even i was gonna say extra uh, uh horizontal movement by jumping but they could have just said outer edge instead of outer edge and bottom yeah but the, but but it's fine it works um and and super jump and climbing plus and their normal counterparts are better now yeah um uh, i like this next one which is that if you oblivion uh oxbot it turns off it did not before it does now uh and mm-hmm. that's super good because sometimes you can't oblivion the controller. <laughs> that's funny. I don't think I ever realized that you can oblivion the uh, Oxbot anymore. Yeah, that's because you don't play Nomads. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> My Aria, uh, what are you talking about? Yeah, you don't play Nomads yeah. and people don't wander things through your Moran repeater zones like every game. <laughs> um. Yeah, you always could isolate the... The peripheral it just did nothing before yeah, it's an sure. isolated state and you're just like cool you spent your time rolling dice good job oblivion my morat next yeah right <laughs> exactly uh and yeah i most of the most of the um podcasts or whatever 
I think have been sleeping on this. I think this is a huge change. Um, the peripheral thing? Like, yeah. 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 Uh, isolating the controller is the the most relevant one I could think of for that is the Chimera if you have Toha with Eraser. Oh, sure. Like, that makes Toha less... I mean, that's a very specific one, but... Well, I mean, you could always do that with Toha. But you can't... You can't isolate the Chimera with, with Eraser, because she's got structure. Sorry, sorry. The Pupnecks. Yes, but now mm-hmm. you can isolate the Pupnecks, which is which is important for Toha sometimes. Hey, man. Those things are scary. Uberfall is scary. Um, yeah, so this... So the, again, like I said towards the beginning, isolated pops up a few times, and they talk, they clarify it in this, mm-hmm. and this is a big change. Um, this makes isolated stronger. The isolating lieutenants making it so they can't spend a lieutenant order makes it stronger. I don't think this is going to change how anyone plays, but I mean, I, it, I, it, I it will. I think uh, it basically means like you can't just throw an ox spot. And Moran to clear it as easily anymore because I can sure. hack it, and then maybe you still kill the Moran, but now you've lost your Oxbot. I mean, you could immobilize it before, right? That did effectively yeah, the same you thing. You could, but it's not. I mean, I isolated like turns it off, off. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. this, this I think, I think they made this change because it. A lot of people felt like this is how it should work. Yeah, I, for sure. I. I, there have been very many games where someone's like, where I've been playing and they ice, go to isolate the bot, and I'm like, you don't um, want to do that. Actually, it's not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, like, I've actually, I've actually, uh, I've had the opposite reaction. People are like freaking out about getting their their ox bot or whatever next to my repeater, and I'm like, it's totally fine. You could just do the thing, and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> Like I can immobilize it, sure, but like when you're running like bit or something, you can't actually do that. So, right. I was trying to, was trying to remember. Didn't it uh, in N three? Didn't Oblivion turn off Oxbots? It didn't. No. Nope. No. It did not. Yeah, the look on oh. people's faces when you're like, "This is actually good for you." They're like, "Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense at all." But then <laughs> yeah. they're like, "I'll take it." Again, you can see how often I've played Nomads in that time. Yep. <laughs> this has been relevant to me never. Yep. <laughs> like Ariadna and combined. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Speaking okay. of hackers. Oh, God. Okay, so this is the most sw- swampy of the changes. This is like, this is, this is, this is, this is difficult to like get through. changes. Uh, one. Yeah, so hacking area and arrows. Um, There's okay. The first thing is they uh, explain how to measure the hacking area, and they've cleaned up that language. That's fine. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna ignore that. Um, The Oh, I just skipped over the the big thing. Uh, that's fine. I'll do the smaller things first. Uh, the clarified hollow mask and hacking area. If you try and hollow, if you try to hack someone who's hollow masked as a hacker 
and they aren't a hacker, they tell you, gotcha, that guy was hollow masked. It's it's an idol. You don't yep. get to actually hack that guy. Similarly, if you're trying to hack through a repeater where that repeater doesn't actually exist because it's a hollow masked something, um, then they tell you that that's not actually a repeater. So you will know it's hollow masked. You might not know exactly what it is, though. Um, and then the weird part comes when they redefine the hacking area. So previously, the hacking area was your zone of control, the zone of control around any repeaters or deployables, or if, or, and if you were in the zone of control of an enemy repeater, all enemy hackers were in your zone of control. They have changed that to everything's the same, except if you're in a zone of control of an enemy repeater, all enemy troopers are in your zone of con- or sorry, in your hacking, hacking area. area. Yes. So now you Which, can hack the Tian Gao that's moving around. Right. Again, keeping in mind hollow mask, this lets you guess at hollow mask people. Yeah. Um also I, I wasn't quite finished. So the if you try and hack someone who is not a hacker using this hacking area you perform an idol instead. Mm. So to me, this is screaming, they're clearly trying to account for hollow mast hackers, not giving, getting a walkthrough hacking areas free card. Yeah. If you suspect, then you can, or, or I guess you could re, you can't re hollow mask. I don't think so. I mean, like, but, the, the but, jig is up <laughs> as soon as you reveal the first time. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so before, if you had a hacker who yeah. hollow masked as a non-hacker, they could ignore all enemy hackers in their repeater network. Mm. Right? They could just walk up to them and stab them. Right? Yeah. Now they can't do that you can you could still try and hack them uh but if they aren't actually hackers then you've wasted your arrow right that is what i believe is trying to be handled here there are a couple of problems that come up because of this so let's pretend i have a hacker in a, a repeater range right and i have been targeted previously so i'm a targeted hacker in an enemy repeater zone of control the enemy whose active turn it is activates their guided missile bot and idols moves three inches to the left does anything sure and they are not in my Mm -hmm. zone of control and i do not see them i get an aro to hack or reset at them because of this new hacking area, I have Mm -hmm. that as an option. So vis-a-vis AROs, I have to take an ARO now or I never get an ARO. So I reset, which isn't going to do anything. Right. And they send the missile in. If if they whiff on the missile or you somehow miraculously pass all your saves and you successfully reset. Yes. 
So, and then they send in a missile. Um, so you can't actually dodge, is what you're suggesting. Right. Because yeah. dodge is not an option to declare after the first short skill. Mm. And if you wait till the second short skill, you've waited too long yeah, because yeah, yeah. you had you an, an arrow. Opportunity arrow you decline, therefore you don't get one. Mm-hmm. So I think anyone who has thought through this sees a problem here. Yeah. Um, and I think the easiest solution is to just allow hackers in, in this specific case, remember, it's only when your hacker is in an enemy repeater zone of control, the only time this is relevant. But in that case, they should be able to declare any ARO and check it resolution if that ARO was legal. Hmm. That yeah, is makes sense, but I mean, you I are going to be in you are going to be in the repeater zone pretty much all the time, right? Because you got targeted, and you're getting a missile. So, right? Presumably, they 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 intentionally push you in a repeater, targeted you. Sure. Right? But anyway, yeah, it seems it seems the fair interpretation just be like, yeah, you can dodge, it's fine. Sure. Right. And yeah, you could spend an entire order to rehollow mask to get. Uh, Surprise attack is what someone in chat mentioned, but there are reasons to do it. Yeah, but this, I mean, this really only comes up if you are targeted and you're a hacker in your enemy's uh, repeater range. And well, not you. So, that, so that's an example I used. Okay. There are other cases when this will screw you. So again, you're in a in zone of control of a repeater. They throw down smoke. And then they walk behind the smoke with MSV2. You can't shoot them because you can't see them. So you can only reset or hack, and then they shoot you. Um, sure. Okay. So there, there are a few different cases when this problem comes up. Uh, but I think the simple solution is just, if you're in this situation, declare what you want. If it's legal by the end, it's legal by the end. Um, sure. Seems fine. There's there are problems with that as well, but they're a lot less game breaking. I feel like. Uh, da, 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 da. So that's that swamp. Yeah. Well, some other <laughs> fun things is like uh, um, roll modifiers, right? Uh, which are capped at plus or minus twelve. Burst is now capped at six. So instead of um, you only like if you have multiple sources of burst mods. Um, you can only you used to be only apply one of them at a time. Now you can just stack them all, but they cap at six. Right. So uh, the next change uh, completely replaces the old text that says troopers with more than one of these mods, talking about burst mods, may only apply one of them at a time. That is gone now. Mm-hmm. And it is replaced mm. with the maximum burst value of any weapon is six, no matter how many mods are applied. So this allows things. The one everyone mentions is Zuleika in CC. She gets an extra burst to CC. She has CC attack plus one burst, as well as some sort of pistol with plus two burst. So now in in 
in CC, she could do burst four all by herself. Um, Which is bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the thing that's going to come up more often than if one of you is playing Zuleika and get her into close combat is fire teams, right? If you had a random dude faced with an enemy and your fire team rolled up and you got a couple of guys in there, you used to not be able to add those two different kinds of burst bonuses together. Oh, because there's can. a fire team bonus and then a dude bonus. Right. Oh. Um, and and this burst value capping at six, I, the only way I see that happening is if you have like a team of dudes bashing on, on a Maggie or something, mm. right? You have eight dudes. Maggie's already real sad. <laughs> I got two uh, two uh, Uber Volcomando teams in combat, <laughs> right? Good lord! Or you know Zuleika with <laughs> three more dudes. Yeah, yeah. Maggie crits. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, um, and then last thing. This is what I think's kind of the biggest thing is they have <laughs> they keep flipping back and forth with this preemptive declarations. Um, so they've added part of it back in while taking other parts of it out. Um, I got to apologize to Obi at a game we played at some point in time. I preemptively put a template down and that was not legal at the time, but it is now. So, so there's, there's, you weren't wrong. You were just ahead of your time. <laughs> I was definitely wrong at the time and I'm sorry, Obi. Uh, I think he beat me anyways. The da, 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 da. So there's there's a bullet point that says something about direct template weapons. Uh, any active trooper will count as a main target. This is relevant if you have a dude with a shotgun behind a wall and the active trooper activates within their zone of control they can lay the template down covering the corner they're expecting the active trooper to come across. And no matter if it's them or their pal bot, they don't have to pick one first. Anyone who goes across that template becomes a main target. This is particularly relevant for things like Uberfall Commando, where if you had to pick one, I just wouldn't send that one forward and I'd send the other ones forward and it was a no good news for you. Um, does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Uh, so that's that's what that specific um, line is doing. I didn't put it in my notes. I should have. But what's most important about the changes here is not necessarily what they put in. They took out from FAQ 1.2 the lines that prevented uh, preemptive declarations. Um, I'm trying to pull it up real quick. FAQ 1.2. Um, they, sh they used to, I believe in N3, they used to show that line and have it crossed out to indicate and, and, you know, red to indicate that they, um, are taking them out, but mm. yeah. Okay. So, so in 1.2, uh, how are direct weapons placed? 
sorry, direct template weapons placed during the order expenditure sequence. All the placement rules must be fulfilled when declaring the attack. This is what they took out. So before you couldn't put the template down if there wasn't a target. Um, they have taken that out and now you can. Um, and they just clarify how that works with main targets from this first bullet point. And then they go on to clarify impact template weapons. The main target must be in line of fire where the when the attack is declared and you have to put the template on top of them where it's declared. Uh, da, 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 da. And then finally, uh, there's an addition to skills that also affects this preemptive declaration of, of skills. Skills can only be declared from a position that the trooper has already been in or moved through during the current order. So this is another thing I've seen a lot of people miss is this restricts the active turn without restricting the reactive turn because mm. if during the reactive turn, you're not moving. So you could declare that template I was talking about before, but the active turn guy behind the wall can't declare shoot because he, he's not in a spot where shoot would is legal currently nor has he been there uh, as long as he hasn't been there during that current order. You could still peek out and shoot. You could still declare shoot first. You just have to see them during declaration. Fair enough. Okay. And that's uh, get fact. Hey! <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, like we said at the beginning, there's a lot of, um, a lot of clarifications in there that seem to be based around just making sure that, like, things that we might take for granted and think are obvious are stated and there and available for everyone else. Um, you know, the bike change, I think people expected to see coming. It's not the way I would have implemented it, but, uh, I think it's good. Um, it means I can use my, my R got to kill our hackers again. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the, the hacking area one does feel muddy. I'm curious how often it will actually come up and slow things down. But I think the, the big winner is Super Jump, for me at least. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a big fan of the peripheral change too. But... Are you specifically the isolated? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that yeah. was actually something that I, I've always wanted to be able to do, and I can do it now, which is great. <laughs> Yay. Cool. Well, um, thank you very much, Clint. And I think you're going to stick around while we talk a bit about uh, Warcrow? Yeah. Excellent. So over the weekend, John or I received the uh, our copy of Warcrow to review. Uh, so last minute, I was like, John, you're coming to be here on Sunday. We're playing Warcrow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> because we wanted to get it up and ready for this show. So uh, we we did that. We we got the toys. We opened them up. We checked it out. Um, and overall, I was pretty I was pretty impressed with what I saw. Um, yeah. First up, let's take a look at these models that John took. Those lovely. Uh, 
three or three D circular. How would you describe that? Rotating. Rotating. Yes. <laughs> There's the word there. I know it. Uh, photos of, and these are CoCast. Yep. And I was I was impressed by the casting quality. Me too. They're really nice. They're a little brittle. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, our demo copy has been through a couple hands already, and there were some snapped like bits. Like the head of the hammer and so on were snapped, but it's easy to yeah. fix. Uh, but the casting quality is really quite, quite good. It's like especially if you look look at this guy's cloak, right? And all the little leaves. It's, it's cool. The the texture of the dreadlocks yeah. and hair was really good. Yeah. I was, I was not expecting Cocast twenty eight millimeter to hold up to the pewter, um, but. I mean, we know the Corpus Belly like tweaks with formulas for pewters for individual molds of regular miniatures. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm not like we shouldn't be surprised to see them c- to continue to develop um, CO cast and see where they can take it. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, I was really, really honestly surprised by the quality um, of the detail. Yeah. So. I, I really like them. I'm very, very happy with the. Uh with the quality right so here's some here's some higher resolution photos we can take a look at um yeah right so here's the big gribbly monster thing um there's just a ton of detail in the sea cast like we were saying um like i really like this this model like first of all we could also just say the models are dope right so yeah, uh, that's that's I think a given. <laughs> but just like sort of like looking at these close-ups is really nice, right? Like I really like this one too because she has all the bells in her hair. Which yeah, I it does not. Are... It does not need more cowbell. This one it does, does not, not need more cowbell. There is sufficient cowbell here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one <laughs> downside, I guess maybe, but I guess she doesn't have a fever, so that's good. <laughs> um. But yeah, this uh, this I think is the most impressive model, at least for me. Oh yeah. That was my favorite. Um, yeah, so this is the Wood Elf character, dude. Um, and the uh, the his cloak is crazy. With all those like yeah, leaves, as made of leaves. Yeah, so the Kickstarter is in PVC. I don't I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But the Sea Cast is great. So there's that. Um, yeah, I thought it was in. Huh, I'm not sure. I don't know. But if it is, there's definitely some concern to be had. Uh, but sure. I can say that what we've got on the table is really, really nice. Um, yeah. There's supposed to be like some like random gubbin that was on the top of the thing that this lady's holding, but it broke. Oh well. Um, yeah. So big thumbs up for for how sweet everything looks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the the in, like one of the things that I think we can talk about immediately is just like amount of play space. So if you go back and watch our episode on Defiance, like one of the things we complained about was just like, it takes up the whole damn kitchen table. You're doing so much day tracking. Uh, yeah. And, and there's just like so much to keep track of, but this is it. This is your thing. And then there's the map, right? So this is my dashboard for the Paladin character. Um, all of the equipment is there. All of her cool special abilities are there. Um, this is all you need and you're just done. Uh, and then, of course, you know you have the map and whatnot of all the things that are happening. Here's Adam's uh, little thing, <laughs> and so basically, yeah, right. Like stuff looks great. Um, the app, you need the app to play. That's kind of a 
I, I imagine this might be polarizing. Some people might like it. Some people might not like it. I think we both liked it. Um, yeah, this I is mean, exactly. So, this is exactly why you need less play space. Yeah, hundred percent. Full disclosure: I was absolutely ready and prepared to hate the app. Yeah. Um, but I did not actually really like the app. It it handled all of the boring crap that you don't want to deal with when you're playing with a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. And like this has been my my huge criticism. I loved Warhammer Quest. I still think Warhammer Quest is probably my favorite dungeon crawler game. Period. Sure. Um, because it has the right amount of decks of cards, right? There's like two for the whole game. It's great. But as dungeon crawlers have evolved over time and become more kind of more and more complicated and more involved, and there's more things going on, it becomes like defiance. I felt like was huge on this, where it's like you've got like nine different decks of cards that you need to keep track of, mm-hmm. and they all need to be out to set up to play the game. Um, and yeah, it was this felt um the app felt very unintrusive and the amount of stuff they had to have out on the table was very minimal yeah for sure like well, you didn't I, even you didn't even we didn't even like draw from the deck to see what treasure we got the app just said take a coin and this yeah exactly so well i think i think the game plan for tonight is to actually play a few a few turns just so people can get yeah. a sense for how how it all works. But before we do that, let's talk about um, some of the components you get. So obviously we looked at the models already. Um, you're going to get a pile of cards. And of course the unit um, the unit uh, uh, description, right? So then you've got all your like random um, like equipment that you have, like the Paladin has a mace and has some abilities that you can apply, which is cool. Um, and then there's these little like cubes you get and you get an initiative tracker. And then some like special special ability tokens and whatnot. Um, right. The dice are are stay of dice basically. Um, so you sh- they're they're all they're all the the same D8 color coded ones. So you start off with um, the black ones, which are the the saddest ones. Then you go to blue, right? So so you can actually um, sort of get better dice as you go. So then next level up is green, and then stronger after that is yellow then orange, and then finally red. So Well, the, the really interesting thing is that it actually goes from more defensive to more offensive. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, sure, that's that's fair. Um, one thing that I don't think, I mean, it's been a while since I played Aristea. I don't think the hollow things is an Aristea thing, right? That wasn't in there. Are, so one of the new things they did in this is that you oh. have, right, you have, you have successes and you have blocks, yeah, uh, so you have special switches, which are now called specials. Right. Um, but you might have a solid or a hollow one. And hollow ones only count if you have I, I can't remember if they call it mastery of that. Yeah, of yeah. That. It's called mastery. So so here's yeah, yeah. here's here's the easiest way. You can see it easiest on the yellows. I was gonna do the oranges, but it's kind of hard to pick up on the camera. So you can yeah. see the middle die here in yellow. That is a normal hit yeah. icon, right? So that's a success. And this one which has a negative space in the middle is hollow. And you can see that the filled in exclamation point is a normal exclamation one, right? Or, uh, and then the one that is the outline only is a hollow one. So that's how you tell the difference, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you, if you rolled this and you didn't have mastery, you'd have one success and one special. Yep. If you did have mastery, you'd have two would, successes. Yep. And two exactly. Okay. So let's talk about what, what you might be rolling. So let's take a look at a unit card here. So this is um, Ludivine. 
And she's some kind of paladin or harbinger of Salus, I guess is the official title. So we'll just go through all the various like uh, ability things. Um, so this is your uh, initiative. That's your movement, right? So you this is pretty straightforward. The initiative order just like works in Aristea. That's the timing you go in. Um, I don't know what this one is. I forget what that one is, the one there. But um, it didn't come up in the game, so it's it's probably less utilized. This this heart one is your HP. Once you go to zero, you're sad, right? Pretty straightforward. Then on the on the right side here, you have your defensive abilities. So mm -hmm. uh, she's got a defense of one black die, and then she's got magic defense of also one black die. Um, now these stats down here are much like your D and D stats, right? Yeah. So you've got your strength stat, and so when you roll strength, instead of you know, rolling a d20 and adding your strength modifier, you roll two oranges. And so, like, the weaker characters might be rolling yellows, but she is pretty strong, so she rolls two oranges. Um, so the next one is sort of dexterity or agility, and that same idea, so she's not as dexterous or agile as she is strong, so she has, like, a poopier die for that. Um, and then, so, skill checks are set by the number of successes you have. So uh, a harder skill check means you have more successes, uh, so you want the stronger die. So you get more successes on orange than on yellow. Uh, and then you have um, intelligence, perception, charisma, and uh, willpower, right? So uh, you can see that there's an additional icon here, which is kind of hard to see, but uh, it's right there above her charisma. So she's very charismatic, and that's the mastery icon. So um, Ludvine, if she rolls a charisma check, she can use the hollow symbols, right? So that's generally why you care um okay so that's what's a thaco huh what's so your what thaco? thaco yeah Let's right see. um okay so that's that's sort of the basic idea um there are some switches right at the bottom which are character specific and then also um each character has some unique ability so hers is aura and you can you basically charge up your aura by getting these tokens and that gets her, lets her do cool abilities within a particular range defined by the number of tokens on her card. And then on the back, right? So you see there's all these like various symbols and stuff over here. And then on the back of her character card, there's a decoding of like what the heck all that means, right? So pretty straightforward. If you've played a board game before with a reasonable amount of complexity, this should feel very comfortable for you. Okay, let's talk about what this is going on here. So like in other games, um, like especially other cooperative games, you have you're gonna have an initiative tracker. So this is pretty straightforward, right? So she's initiative four, so she would start on the four slot. When the little dial comes around to the four, you get to activate. And then some of the slower characters, let's say, are initiative five or six, right? And they would get to activate after you. That's how initiative works, right? In in these games. So when it's your turn, what do you do? Well, you generate your energy pool which as far as I can tell, every character starts with three and there's maybe some items or abilities that you get later in the game. Obviously, we're just playing the demo. The other thing that I should specify is that um, the rules are, you know, we just spent all this time talking about the Infinity Rules by the same company. Um, they've, they're, there's still some stuff that, you know, is in translation. Uh, the rules are still in flux because there's not a published game yet. Um, so we also are trying to interpret what they did. So if we get anything mm -hmm. wrong... That's you know expected, I guess. So uh, we're we're just giving you the best of the best of our ability, um, what we what we think is correct. Anyway, so 
you generate these three energy tokens or energy cubes or whatever, uh, and then you get to spend them. Uh, during well, I your suspect activation. that might be what that three was that you didn't know what it was. Oh yeah, possibly. There you go. Boom. That's oh, clever. Okay, uh, yeah, that that makes the most sense. Um, but th I think I think yeah. There you go. So so the suspicion is that this is uh, the energy stat, which oh, would make sense. You know, I think it totally is. Yeah. Um. So uh, the, I think reading the rules, it does seem like there are other sources of energy. So maybe like you get like cool armor that gives you more energy or something, and then you get to do the stuff. Anyway, so um, what this allows you to do is it allows you to spend energy to get actions. So actions are not on this card. They're in the rule book. And actions include things like uh, interacting. You may interact with like, it's effectively a D&D &D action, right? So mm -hmm. you may like walk up to a chest and try to pick the lock. That would cost cost an action. Or you may walk up to an NPC and initiate a conversation. That's an action. You may walk up to an enemy and punch it in the face. That's an action, right? So these are all things that you can do. Uh, you can also take a dash action called a run, basically. So uh, if you're not in, if you start out of base to base with something or not adjacent to something, you can just like move your movement value. But if you're in adjacency to something, you have to take the run action. Okay, so... Buying actions is done with energy, and to do uh, to to get an action, you need to fill out um, some number of spaces on this track. So, for example, um, I I all I need to do to get the action is to fill out the I guess highlighted section. So, yeah. um, what I could do is I could do two actions with my three cubes by doing something like this. I like spend this right, so I filled in this sort of highlighted like gold section. So I've fulfilled the requirement for that row. I now get to do an action. And so as you fill out the cubes, you immediately apply the effect of whatever the symbol is. And you can reference her symbol uh, list to know what the heck everything is going on. Okay, so this by, so you, you do the things in order, place the first cube, I do whatever that says, place the second cube, do whatever that says. I declare I'm done placing cubes. I could optionally place this third cube and get the effects of this, you know, this symbol here if I want. But if I don't want it, I can stop and then declare my action and resolve the action, right? And then I can spend a cube here and fill out this uh, smaller highlighted spot and then get a second action. And if I had a fourth cube, right, I could place it here and get a third action, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, what I cannot do is I can't put cubes on a ready activated row. So, for example, I couldn't do this later in my turn if I want. Right? That's not yeah. okay. Okay. So, why would you ever want to not do these lower highlighted actions? So, let's talk about what this is down here. So, one thing that's really interesting about this is that so she is um, so there are ten phases in a in a round, I guess. So she's initiative four. Once I'm done with all of my stuff, I advance my initiative, right? So yeah. I basically go from four, four plus four goes to eight, right? So I'm now in eight plus position. four because that's her initiative. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So then, you know, whatever, whoever's in between, maybe there's some more characters here or some enemies, they do their thing. And then, you know, the, the air, the, the dial rolls around to me, I get to go again. Makes sense. So effectively, as a, as a four initiative character, you'll be going twice around, probably. As a three initiative character, you'll probably go three times around because you can, you, if you start at um, like 
one, for example, then you go to four, then to seven, and then you go to ten, right? So things yeah, like that. Yeah, so initiative initiative is something you want to low stat. Yes, exactly. On. So you'll note that you know it's not uh, like you'll you'll get these weird modulo effects because after this, I'm going to wrap, right? So I would go, you know, A plus four is twelve, but there's no twelve space, so I go to the two space instead, right? So this you, is this is a nice way of having an infinitely long string up for initiative, but yep. they've just wrapped it in a clock, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So so now like what ends up happening is it creates this really cool effect where if you have I mean now I'm talking about like you, you have these different like beat frequencies of people like flying around <laughs> the clock, right? So anyway, anyway, so I I can't turn it off. Um all right. So what does this do down here? So to get an action, I can place a cube on this plus one initiative thing. So what that would do is going back to the example here, if I was on the four space and I chose that, instead of going to the eight on my next activation, I would go to the nine, right? So I'm delay I'm getting I'm I'm buying a cheap action, but I'm mm -hmm. also delaying my next turn effectively. And that may be fine if there's only like one enemy left. You're like, eh, whatever, no big deal. But sometimes it might be a big deal and it might allow enemies to act before you. Yeah, so, this so actually happened pretty badly to both of us yeah. uh, in our second playthrough where we were both burning uh, burning actions and um, what ended up happening was that, like we were set at like initiative nine and 10. Yeah. And then like, the big bad monster spawned at initiative three. So they get to go like three times before you, either one of us gets attacked. Yeah. It was, yeah, was going to be pretty rough. And the big bad, of it's course, nice. like hits like a truck, right? It has a million HP. So, um, okay. So the other nice thing about the, the, the tracks, like, so this is sort of just like getting a little bit into like gameplay strategy, but the, mm -hmm. uh, this, this like weird, uh, I don't know. Icon. Icon thing. Uh, it's your aura symbol. It's your symbol. So that's what charges up your token. So you can basically. So the first cube does nothing, and then if I place on the last two, I have to because the whole thing is highlighted. I get two aura. So that's sort of like burning my whole turn, but I'm charging up, right? So I still get an action because I spent on one row, but um, you know, so you you do get some benefit. Like some of these, some of these are negatives, right? So the plus one initiative is negative, um, and then you can spend outside of the highlighted thing. So for example, um, if I were to take this row here and uh, take the plus one initiative and this icon, this icon uh, is um, one character within your aura gains the focus state. So that's a buff. So I can buff my teammate by doing that, right? And that basically lets me get an action and also get some utility. But now I'm also not um, perhaps filling up other action slots later. If I have more than three energy. Okay, so that sort of covers the general scenario of everything. Yeah. And if with that, I think we can actually, you know, go through a couple of um, really quick. Uh, we we can we can literally just play the game, right? Sure. With all that information. So, on that note, I think we can just go ahead and get started, right? I think we'll just play with just her. Make it easy. It's not going to be balanced. I think it's supposed to be played with two, but just so you can sort of see what everything looks and feels like. Okay, so we'll start by taking a look at the app, right? So the first thing we're going to do is this is the demo version, right? Nothing is done yet because it's all you know in development. So we'll play a mission, uh, and then um, it gives you this text, 
um, which we can read, right? So, uh, but basically, oh. you know, to, to sort of accelerate this so, you know, and, and sort of not uh, take, because you, you end up um, playing the same text, so I, I don't want to spoil it for you, right? So basically, like, you're, the, the setup is you are um, investigating, inve investigating a, a, a death um, in, in, like, the town square, so to speak. So we'll go through that. A murder most foul. A murder most so foul. Okay, so this is kind of cool, right? So it says, all right, go fetch this tile, right? And put it on the table. So it says, go get tile number 103. So I did that and then set it up as indicated. So I've done that. And then it says, go get this other tile and plug it in at this other spot. So, okay, we've done that too. And then it's going to keep going around and say like, okay, now you're going to place some, some, some tokens and such. So let me just do that really quick. Um, so effectively, you know, I'm just I'm just grabbing stuff from the bag and I'm following along with the app now uh, and I'm just like putting stuff down. So there's some fight remains over here and then um, there's a there's a chest over there which we can open perhaps. Um, and then uh, now it says place the character uh, anywhere around this uh, this this fountain in the town square. So I'm going to grab my paladin. And I'm going to go ahead and put her um, up here in the corner like that. Okay, so that's all done. And then it says, "All right, that's it. That's your that's your situation. You you may now play the game." All right, so let's go back to um, the game board. Right. So literally, all I've done is follow the instructions. And like like all you know, mobile apps, it you can zoom and and turn and pan and stuff. So it works like you would expect. There's also this sort of sidebar, which shows you things you can check out. Like if you forget anything, it has a log of like what the heck happened and so on. So that's handy. Okay, so all I did was was copy the thing. I've deployed um, Ludivine over there. And so we'll put her card over there. I'll keep, I'll keep some of the other like equipment cards off camera just to avoid visual clutter but uh, I'm keeping track of it over here. So one of the things that's important is there's no enemies right now. So even though I'm in the four initiative space, and let's say we were playing with multiple characters, we don't do the whole like around the clock thing and advancing initiative thing. You just like, you know, take actions in order and then resolve the round, right? So that's, that's the thing. Okay, so I guess we'll start off by, um, by, interacting right so the first thing i'm going to do is i'm going to go ahead and put my cubes down get some of these aura tokens and i'm right next to the chest already so i'm going to go ahead and take my action to interact with the chest so how do i do that right because there's no rules for that written down so what we're going to do is we're going to go to the app and say like okay i'm going to interact with the chest by clicking on it do i want to interact with the chest yes i do and then it says this abandoned chest is secured with a rusty padlock. Okay. And then now I have an option to uh, break the lock or take an agility test. So earlier we looked at her, um, we looked at her skills and we decided that her strength was higher because she's got orange dice instead of yellow dice. So I'm going to just brute force it and break the lock. So now it says, well, what, how many successes did you score? So I'm going to go ahead and take my dice and roll them and I rolled a single success and a switch. So this is not an attack, and her, her switch has something to do with attacks, so it's just one. So I'm going to go back to the app. This is, this is the one part of the app that I had a criticism, which was 
Yeah. Give me a little plus and minus buttons on either side of the number. Yeah. So, keyboard. so I got one success. I'll tell the app I got one success. And then it says, with considered application of force, the padlock breaks and the chest opens. Okay, cool. And um, then it says, I've obtained a gold coin. And it says that I've obtained a bandage. And then it says, remove the marker. So I'm going to do all those things. So the marker... Marker goes away, and I'm going to go into the handy-dandy bag of things uh, and get the two cards which say what I got. Mm -hmm. So I now have a gold coin card and a bandages card, right? So that's that's the thing. Okay. Um, if there was another player, they would take their turn now. There's no other player, so we'll, we'll basically reset. Um, yeah. And I'll take my movement, and I'll go talk to the guard down here. So the guard is this, this, one, um, this one token. So... Uh, I'll I'll charge my aura up the rest of the way, right? Uh, so I have a max of three aura tokens. So you know I'll, I'll have put the energy tokens here, and I'm at full aura. Cool. So now let's go talk to the guard. Oop. I want to interact with the guard. So yes, I do. And then it says um, he rolls his eyes at me, of course, because he's a town guard and they hate, every, hate all NPCs. Now it gives me the option: I can either bribe him with a gold coin to get information. Or I can ask him, you know, if he's any idea what happened, and take a charisma test. Now I am good at charisma because I've got the um, I've got the mastery, so I'm gonna I'm gonna choose that, um, and we're gonna go back to here. And now all hollows count for me, so I'm gonna take the roll. Uh, I got two successes here, no hollows, but that's okay. So going back to the app, right? We'll go ahead and say that hey, I got two successes. Check. Okay, the guard, you know, says a bunch of stuff, right? So, um, you know, he just he he basically I succeeded at the check, and he's gonna he's gonna um, tell me, and then I get a clue basically, which is cool. Um, and then there's some more stuff about a named character, and the guard is now I can't interact with them anymore, so I'm gonna take the token away. Okay, now uh, I want to go uh, do another so turn. So just really quickly though, yeah. like. Does the 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 act of opening a chest and then talking to a guard, like in a lot of other games, this would be like looking up a passage in a book, right, to find like the quote for the guard for that passage, um, and then also like a deck of cards that you would draw two from or something for the chest. Yeah, and the app just like makes it just keep moving. Yeah, and it also it also obfuscates things. So you don't like see a whole table of what the guards' possible reactions were. You just get what you get, yeah. Which yeah. I think's and nice. It's really nice, easy for them to generate new content. Sure. Yeah, and and we've we have played it through, and it does change. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it changes slightly. Yeah. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna take another turn, move over here, interact with the uh, the thing that you know the the fight remains. So let's go take take a look at that. I would like to interact with fight remains. Um, so describe some gross dead body stuff. Um, and then I'm going to investigate, right? So I'll take my perception test, which is a single red. I'm going to roll that. I got two successes, which is pretty rad. So there's my two successes. So I'll tell it that I got two. So something that I don't think happened because you're playing one player is it asks you which player did this thing if you have more than Ludovine on the table. Right. So there can be different results based on the character. Yeah. So yeah. 
So I, I, it will ask me in a second. So it describes some gross dead body stuff. Um, and then, um, you know, it, it has some housekeeping things. So now it tells, it asks, uh, it asks me yeah. who is the active character. So it will, it will give a different result in, you know, flavor text or whatever. So that happens, right? So I remove the marker. I'll go ahead and do that off camera. Um, and then, you know, it, it says, you know, uh, I'm completely alone, but then like some spooky shadow things happen. Um, and then, uh, and then some enemies spawn. So now I go get another, another bit of terrain and it says to place it, uh, like, so, so I'm going to do that really quickly. I'm going to move this around a bit. So let's see, adjust the camera. some. perfect. Okay. So it says, it says, uh, so I place, I place this tile and then it says, now I place a bunch of like other tokens and whatnot. So I'm gonna go ahead and do that. So this guy goes over there. Um, then I get another chest, right? So there's a chest over here. And then uh, there's a closed door cause there's a, there's an inn over there. Um, and then I'm gonna deploy a marked unit and I always forget, we had so much trouble figuring out which one was which, but that's just because we're not used to looking at the models. Yeah, so, the mark is the dude with the big axe. Mark is the dude with the big axe. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, so that goes in space C of tile 103. So I put that there. Top of the road. And then a husk goes, is the other dude. And that goes in um, space uh, D over there. Okay. So I've done all the things and it goes back to, goes back to uh, uh, combat. Okay, so here we are. Um, and of course they have, uh, they have some, some uh, unit cards which describe the monsters and stuff. And it, sh it shows you all that stuff. So let's, let's do like a round of combat or something. And then we can sort of close and talk about our, our, uh, our thoughts. Okay, so really quickly, I'll show, show, the, the, initiative track. I'll show yeah. the initiative tracker again. So we started on initiative four. We have a husked and a marked. So the marked is initiative four and the husk is initiative five. So the marked is um, this thing. And so that's going to go on top of me. And then um, the husk is initiative five. So we would start I might now. be misremembering, but I don't think you actually put your initiative on until you go into combat and then players go on after maybe uh monsters just maybe that's how i remember it possibly i mean we were very confused about this but in any case so let's assume that's right we'll do this i'll be on top it doesn't super matter so we'll start at one there's nobody there so we basically fast forward to four i'll take my action um i'm already at full um full uh actions uh, full aura rather so I'm going to uh, run in and swing. So I get free movement because I'm not adjacent to anything. So I'll take my movement value of three, walk next to this dude, uh, and I'll start punching. So I'll start by um, by just doing this, right? Um, and that increases my initiative track. So I'm going to do that off camera, just moving it to five, right? Uh, and then I'm going to go ahead and swing. So uh, I have a mace, which lets me swing a little bit harder. And so basically um, the mace gives me uh, two yellow dice. That's my, that's my attack. Uh, and then um, you also roll your defense. 
So your defense is, uh, so your armor, and uh, I'm wearing light armor, which gives me a black die. And I guess this is sort of represent the fact that it's a face-to-face roll. Um, I can get punched while I'm punching, so I want to roll my armor as a defense and at the same time. So let's look at the other dude um, and check out what their stats are. So we're fighting a marked right now. Um, they have no armor, as evidenced by this dash, and their defense is a black die single. Okay, so I'm going to roll mine first. Okay, so I rolled this, and then I'll roll for the for the monster really quickly. So he rolled a, a switch. So um, basically nothing happens, uh, and I get a single point of damage on him, right? So... Uh, there's a bunch of damage tokens, but you know we'll ignore that for now. The little little say a blood drop thing, so you, I put a damage yeah. on him. Um, okay, so I've done that, um, and I have some switches. So I have an exclamation point, and it says I'm uh, my switch says when I make an attack, I am allowed to heal uh, a buddy. So every nobody's you know hurt, so I don't need to heal anything, and that's that. So I'm gonna take another action and go down here. Um, and now I go to six, right? And I'll swing again. So the same same thing happens. I'll roll for me. Uh, so this is actually different because I get no successes and he got a single shield. So um, basically uh, not a whole lot happens except for the fact that my mace says if I get a hollow uh, switch, I add a success to my roll and heal somebody within my aura. Unfortunately, I can only spend... Uh, one, um, I can only activate a switch once per active once per roll, so I can only do this once. So his shield will block my success and nothing happens, right? Mm. So that's kind of sad, but um, that's the that's the it's a dice game, right? These things happen. There's the wraps. Yep. Okay. Now, um, my activation is over, and I am on the six activation square. Right, because I, I I spent two of the um, the cubes on the increase initiative thing, so now I I add four because my initiative is four, so I go to ten, right? So ordinarily I would have gone on eight, but now I'm going on ten because I I did two actions like that. I spent the thing. Okay, so now as we saw the mark was underneath me, so it gets to go. So let's take a look at what that looks like. So let me go back to this, and then I'll go ahead and hit the uh, the sidebar. Now in this sidebar thing, there's some enemies. So we'll say the marked is it's the marked turn. So I'll click on that. Um, so I'm going to hit behavior. And so this is a little AI engine. So we say what the distance is, right? So if it was farther away from me, you would assault, which is basically like walking towards me, and then attack. So in this case, um, it's it is within distance one of somebody. Uh, this this character, right? So mm -hmm. it's going to go ahead and attack, and because it's in close proximity, it's going to get an additional uh, attack uh, uh, success on the attack roll. Now, it does say that um, it does say that uh, uh, it, the target is the highest vitality value, right? So that basically, if it's, it's engaged with multiple targets, it will hit the 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 biggest thing, so sort of spread out the damage a little bit. Um, it also says the target of this unit's attacks must downgrade their defense roll. Okay, so uh, basically, let's go back to uh, the unit card. This is a marked. The attack is a single orange die, so we're going to grab one of those. 
uh, and I get a uh, automatic success because that's what it says, like just like in Aristea. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and roll this, uh, and then I'll roll my defense in a second. So um, this is actually pretty terrible for her because I have yeah, once I have one success, and I have a hollow switch, which adds another success, and uh, it's close proximity to me. So according to the behavior, so there's three successes on the table right now. So that's a potential three damage. So now I'm going to roll my defense, which is my four, defense plus right? my armor. Four? Why four? Yeah, yeah the, the hollow, the native yeah. one on the Sorry, card. Sorry, yes, you're right. I, I just miscounted. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to roll my defense. Ordinarily, I would downgrade, right? But I can't downgrade past the a black, right? So if it was if I had a green and a black, I would go to two blacks. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the, the special ability of the mark at the bottom says the target of this unit's attacks must downgrade their defense roll. So mm. here we go. Hopefully I roll good. I did not roll good, so I take three damage because it was originally four damage. I rolled one shield. The hollow shield does nothing, right? And my switch doesn't work because I'm, I'm not attacking. So I am sad now, and I would place three, uh, three wounds on my character card. And I only have four HP, which means I'm almost dead, <laughs> right? <laughs> so uh, you definitely want to uh, tank your character um, in there, right? So the dwarf has like a big shield or something, which gives her a bunch of extra dice and all that kinds of stuff. So um, yeah, that's basically how the game works, right? We could continue progressing through this. Um, basically the next thing that would happen, why don't we do that really quickly just to sort of see how that might work, right? So next, the, that monster is done. We go to the next one, which is the which is uh, the husk. So um, that monster is done. So you add its initiative to right. itself yeah, yeah. again so you, on the you, clock. Yeah. So it, it, you add its initiative. So it goes to eight. So this is actually very relevant now. So um, going back to here, now it's on eight. So it's going to act before me because I delayed, right? Which is bad. Of of note, even if you hadn't delayed, you would have be been on, on eight already, and it would have been on top of you. Yeah, yeah. But so now, but now it's it's super bad, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, now it's the five guy, so it's gonna go, um, and let's take a look at its thing. So its behavior, um, it's, um, one, two, three. It's four away from me. So it just approaches, right? And so approach is just, it moves its movement value, uh, which is two. So uh, basically what that means is going to go one, two, one, two. So now it's just, it's just close to me and then its turn ends. And now, right, the, um, the husk's initiative is five. So it goes on top of me at 10. Right, so this is actually really bad because if yeah. I if I had not delayed and only taken one action, the state of the initiative tracker would have been this. So the order of operations would be the marked goes, right? Then I go, then the husk goes. So I have a chance to maybe kill the marked on my turn, but in in, in the in reality, what's happening now is. Um, both of the enemies go before I get to do anything and they'll probably just kill me. Yeah. Right. So but you can see immediately why, the, you know, taking this initiative situation is potentially dangerous. 
it's less impactful when you have multiple characters for obvious reasons. Um, but it could be very dangerous if, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, you know, one of your guys is dead or you're, um, you know, packed of enemies or something. Yeah. Managing your initiative is a big deal. Yes. It's, it's, it's kind of the, one of the biggest deals, I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, you and I were able to go from having not played the game at all. And then like we played through twice in a couple hours. For yeah. I mean, we basically, I think I was there. I showed up around like four o'clock and I left around seven. Right. Yeah. So we were there for about three hours. We played, we would have finished two full games of it. It's just your phone died. Right. We were running the yeah. app on your phone <laughs> and like your phone just like died. So, and we spent the first, like, I don't know, probably half an hour, 45 minutes catching up. And then like, Sure. figuring out how to install the app and like, you know, you figuring out how to share the rules with me on my iPad. And we were just like, we were basically like doing like random dick around stuff for 45 minutes. And then we actually started playing. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, it, it wasn't like it took all of our, uh, all of our effort for that yeah, entire time. For sure. Right. And it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I, wasn't uh i wasn't expecting to like it um after defiance in all honesty but this yep is a dungeon caller that i think i'd happily play yeah i i will say i mean i don't know how much content they plan to release uh, in the app um Mm. i think the app does generate a lot of replayability right because you can just you can literally just add randomization um with some bounds too right but that will require a lot of testing and so on but honestly, I, I think that's the right now the state of affairs. Uh, that's the biggest detractor, um, because you you sort of end up playing like canned missions over and over again. But sure, sure. just just from the sequence of operations, like we were like, well, what happens uh, if we talk to the beggar before we talk to this guy, or before we open the door, or we open the door first? Like we were just like we're messing around with the app afterwards, and like it is different. So you will mm-hmm. get a different experience. Uh, if you do the exact same thing with the exact same characters, then it's just down to dice rolls about like what happens in battle. But um, playing, uh, playing, and trying different things, you'll get a different experience, which is which is nice. And I I hope they they actually do stuff in the app to to randomize things and make it a little more interesting. Yeah, and, and I don't know if it was because we were, we were doing slightly different things in the second playthrough, but we noticed some different text. Yeah. Um, for things that's kind of cool mm-hmm. like there it it there there are they, they thought about it 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 seems yeah. um so i'm curious to see how that translates later i'd also like to mention there's a tabletop simulator mod made by corvus belly for this if people want to try it out themselves mm-hmm. it's it's just the demo i believe but it's it's pretty solid it has you know everything you need already laid out and it's got the little initiative tracker and stuff. Yeah. But I think it has the 3d scanned painted measures. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like fantastic. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that the community and Corvus belly, like sort of collaborated on that and like the community started the whole thing and they're like, Oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. And then they did. That was yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. So honestly, um, I, I like it. I think, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, I like like you you're saying I after defiance I I'll I'll be frank I did not really enjoy defiance at all, um, 
it it wasn't fun for me. It was just kind of like a big time sink. Um, and I was like, no, I was really not looking forward to to what this would offer. But I was incredibly surprised and very pleasantly so. Uh, I would mm-hmm. happily play this. Um, the, like the app makes a huge difference. Um, like just you know getting to to abstract like this this is what it should do right because. Part part of the reason why core hardware board games are such a hard space to get into and craft well is that uh, in order to create a, a sufficient challenge for like a, like a live human or set of humans collaborating, you need to jack up the difficulty very high to make it interesting for seasoned yeah. players. Uh, and oftentimes, to implement like dif- difficulty, can sometimes be um, approximated with mechanics right you can create difficulty by like bolting on more mechanics which is not particularly a good design philosophy but it's possible um and Mm -hmm. what that what that typically ends up in is you just get like a giant pile of components and like ai card decks and like little trackers and flow charts and all this other like cruft that you have to sort of suffer through to get the play experience um, if this icon's there in yellow, this is what you do. But if it's blue, uh-huh. you do the opposite thing. Yeah, you're just like, what is... I don't, no, I don't want to do that. That's awful. Please stop making me do this. And <laughs> and so so having the app just literally be like, do the thing. It attacks you. And you're like, okay, cool. I, I And then it becomes um, all the fun parts of, of tabletop playing, right? You get to, to tactically, like, touch the models that you built and painted, move them around on the tabletop, see the spatial relationship between things in a fun way, um, share an experience with your friends, roll some dice, like manipulate a reasonable amount of widgets on the table, right? Like I think they've, they've really nailed it with the amount of crap on your table and the amount of like fiddliness you have to deal with. And they've just crammed all the complexity in the app which is where, where it should be. Um, there are, of course things you need to be cognizant of like well you know anybody who writes software they don't consider support <laughs> generally if it's their yeah. first go fortunately corvus belly has you know the army builder and stuff that they have um they have invested time and effort in so they have some experience with it uh, but it, it's it's a tough thing to do and i think i think the app is good yeah i was I was prepared not to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the app specifically. Sure. Um, and I don't know. I kind of feel like sometimes they feel like they can cheapen the experience. The app is used as a gimmick. Like, hey, this app is smart for you or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this actually felt... It felt how I would want it to feel. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got out of the way and let you play the game. That's really all I care about. Right. So. It is easier to use the app than decode an AI deck. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, <laughs> one thing. One thing I will say um, is that the actual nuts and bolts of the game, right? Like the actual strategy and thinking, is pretty complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really didn't go into any of that. Like we could have spent a lot more time talking about the characters uh, and all that, but. Um, I think we could briefly talk about it now. We don't have a huge amount of experience. Like this is like our third playthrough total. Uh, and it wasn't yeah. even complete, right? So there's the paladin character. Um, she heals people and hits like reasonably well on combat. Like 
to, to me, you playing yeah. the paladin felt very much like a World of Warcraft paladin. Sure. Yeah. Like right. Like you, you bonked the things and you healed me. Yep. Uh, and then there's the dwarf who like smacks things real good with a big hammer and is a tank. Right. Tank. So it's, yeah. It's a World of Warcraft mm-hmm. tank, right? Um, there are some interesting mechanics like you can proc status effects like taunt, which like makes the enemies worse at stuff. So that's good. Yeah. That's, that's her mechanic. Um, uh, the uh, the paladin has that aura mechanic, which basically has, increases the range. Every aura token makes you, you get to do aura stuff one more square away. Um, she can heal in the aura. She can buff and debuff in the aura, right? So, and you spend aura points to like stun things. So that's good. Um, there's the wood elf dude. Um, he can do hunter's marks, right? Yeah. Um, and straight up DPS. Straight up, yeah, and. You just you just DPS things, right? Oh yeah, and that that guy was crazy DPS with like the double attacks. Yeah, yeah, because yep. yeah, right. You do one action, you get a double attack because you have Hunter's Mark, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his initiatives real quick too. His He's the only three, three I yeah. think. Yeah. So we can really put on the like. You don't even have to do all your crazy abilities. You can just like activate more times than anybody else, right? Yeah. Um. So that's actually a good thing to do, right? So. Uh, I'll talk about that more in a second after I talk about the last lady, but there's there's like a wizard lady, and she has an interesting thing. So one of the things we didn't talk about was um, um, there is uh, a mechanic called um, uh, she, what is it called? Um, stain, right? So mm-hmm. so uh, you saw that the the cubes that I had, right? So there's these orange cubes the wizard lady has a black cube. And if she uses that, then she gets stain. And so you just get a little pile of like goopy looking tokens, right? So let me see if I can find them in this box. Um, yeah, so here we go. So here's here's all the um, the wounds tokens, right? So there's little blood drops and then these like these stain tokens, which are like little like goop spatters, right? So you can sort of see one there. It's like a goop spatter thing. Maybe I can just use my hand, right? So there's... A, there's the goop spatter. Okay. You anyway, do. so um, they don't do anything in the in the game, right? So basically, uh, every time you spend one of the black cubes to activate your ability stuff, you just like stack up all these things, and she has she has ways to clear them, right? So there's a little like mini mechanic that you can do to like stack and remove them or whatever. Um, they do nothing in in the in the in the map version of the game. What they do though is when you go back to town, like in Diablo, right? So at the end of the mission, you go back to town, you can like upgrade, buy things or whatever, do NPC stuff, I guess. Um, There's a chance of the stain becoming permanent. And that's Mm -hmm. bad. I don't know. We we haven't seen the rules for that. But it's just kind of like you might get permanent stain things and that could affect your stuff later. So um, that's a cool mechanic. Um, The the paladin also has the ability to do that, right? So she's got... Uh, it says the mercy of Salus. And basically um, I can take one of the healing mechanics she has is I can take blood drops off of, off of models and put them on this card. Um, but it has a max capacity of four blood drops. So I can heal stuff by being quote unquote merciful. But then if I want to clear this and reset it, I take a stain to do that. Right. Mm. So things like that. So 
one of the really interesting things, and I think as you get better at this game, there's a lot of complexity here. Like there's a lot of symbology and there's a lot of order of operations and like these will either synergize or desynergize with things that are happening on the board, depending on what you want to do. Like there's a lot of like if you if you're a big Euro gamer and you want to like map a turnout and plan really heavily, you can do that because you can actually like sort of set up a initiative engine where you like, all right, if I do this right. this initiative, I delay by one, then the monster will go before me, but that's okay because then I can do this ability on my card and then like all this other kind of stuff. As you get to know the monsters, right? You can you can sort of like predict you can get what they really might fancy do. With it. Yeah, you, you can get really crunchy with it, exactly. So I, I think there's a there's a lot of complexity here. Uh, but you can also just be like, I don't know, I do the thing, I punch the dude. So it's accessible for like people who want the crunch and and then people who are along for the ride can just be like, I, <laughs> I shoot the guy with the arrow. And that also feels good. Yeah, why don't I not have the crunch also? Like, yeah, yeah it, right? It, it works really nicely both ways, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. I, I, Shockingly, I am too. I was like, uh, all right, I guess we'll do the thing. Because I mean, <laughs> like, I I am very excited about the skirmish game, right? I, I yeah. just I just generally, I mean, this is a, this is not a statement or criticism about the game. It's just my personal preference. I generally do not like dungeon crawlers. I like D and do not like dungeon crawlers. Uh, this is sure. actually pretty fun. I yeah, I would it, happily play this. It felt it felt um, appropriately difficult. Yeah, which is a big thing, and the models look good. So yeah, looking forward to see uh, what comes next on the Kickstarter. Yeah, and shockingly, the writing is pretty decent. Yeah, it's very um, Lovecraftian. Uh, Lovecraftian, violent, gory writing. Yeah, um, I was reading it. And I was like, oh, this is not for children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, body is like getting flung into the air, hitting his member. Like, yeah, it's a on a fence, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> the it, it was uh, that was surprising, but it's there. Those bad guys are really bad. Yeah. Well, I think it wraps it up. Did we make it? Did another perfectly good evening listening to late night war games. We did make it, Clint. We did make it. <laughs> John, yeah. Why don't you take it away? Yeah. So um, I forgot we have to do a drawing. Oh, we do. We do. Right. I, I'm going to set that up really quick because I'm I'm good at my job. Oh. There we in the go. Mean, in the meantime, uh, Sundays tabletop throwdown. Yes. Four hundred points during December. It's fun times. All right, we're going to do the thing. So these are the four people that submitted to the Last Romantic Academy, and I need to know who to send prizes to. So here we go. Thank you to all four of you who submitted. Uh, I know it's a lot. It's difficult around the holiday season. Uh, oh, looks like it's going to be Gus. Congratulations to Gus. Uh, I will be Yay, in contact Gus. with you and and send you some free stuff. Are you guys playing for, for are you playing big games to celebrate the big D December? I just it's you know, holidays bring all the toys was what I was going with. Yeah. I see. <laughs> all right, John. Okay. You. Well, um if you want to uh play some uh play a new mission, if you're tired of the ITS missions, want to try something different. 
You can play uh, my Blockade Runner mission, which is linked on Bremen Academy. Uh, go check out Operation Hungry Walrus. It looks really exciting. I'm actually pretty jazzed to play it and do something different, right? Um, so there's that. There's um, uh, the painting contest, right? So you can get a chance to win that lovely Santa Yan Yan uh, painted up by Gerhard. Uh, huge thank you to him, honestly. Um, and then, uh, of course, if you want to test some heavy gear missions, there's that too. Um, but uh, thank you all to thank you very much to our late night war gamers who are our patrons who support us on Patreon and via the Twitch subscription model. Um, if you want to help out and um, you know help us pay for shipping and and these these free models and such that we ship out to all the winners and stuff, you can you can support us there as well as like upgrade our you know broadcast equipment and all that. Um, so thanks to everybody who's doing that already. You don't have to. We're lovely. We're happy that you just like watch our content and hang out with us. Uh, if you want to hang out with us, you can do so on Tuesdays. We do first and third Tuesdays of the month, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. We know that's a weird, awkward time. So we record everything, upload it to the YouTubes and all your favorite podcast apps. Um, we do encourage you to watch on the YouTube because uh, part of the medium is visual. And we showed you all these vi nice visuals today. Uh, we try to we try to uh, help out the audio-only folks. We know that sometimes it's hard to find the time to sit in front of the the, the flashing screen and all that. But, you know. Anyway, thank you to all of our late-night wargamers and to our sponsors, of course, DreamPod9, Mythic Games, Corvus Valley Board, and Brew and Brutal Cities. Yeah, so uh, next week, December, or not next week, two weeks, December 20th, into the year show. Um, made it through another year. I don't know how, but we did it. Go team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, be sure to catch us on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere that, get, that you get your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes and follow us on Twitch and YouTube. All of this helps us bring you the best content that we possibly can. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there. See you later. Take care. So long. Bye. Uh, 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 uh. Won't you play games with me? And I like to do everyone. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do. That's what I really like to do.